The Debatable Podcast is available at debatablepodcast.tumblr.com and iTunes. On Twitter, we are DebatablePod, and I am Mr. Greggles, M-I-S-T-R-G-R-E-G-G-L-E-S. I also have another podcast called All the Pieces Matter that I co-host with Fernando Madrigal. All the Pieces Matter is a retrospective podcast on HBO's The Wire. We are located on iTunes as well and wirepod.tumblr.com. On Twitter, we are wire underscore podcast and both the debatable podcast and all the pieces matter are available on actionagogo.com. So go check out those sites, give us feedback, send us questions and comments, and enjoy today's show. Hey everyone, I just wanted to say happy holidays from the Debatable Podcast. Uh, Thank you for making 2014 one of our best years. Uh, If it wouldn't be too much trouble, you're a fan of the show, you're enjoying the show, please go on over to iTunes, sign in, and leave us a rating and review. Uh, It helps raise the profile of the show. I've I've given this pitch before. Please, if if you've been waiting to do it, do it now. Um, also, I wanted to issue a, a little bit of a correction. I'm sure that there are others that I'm missing in the upcoming episode, but one of the major ones was we were referring to the origin country of the raid and the raid two as Malaysia. It's actually uh, Indonesia. So please forgive us. So today is the last episode of the Debatable Podcast for 2014. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Debatable Podcast. This is 
a very special occasion, just like every time that we have guys on from Action A Go Go. Uh, we have a very special thing to look forward to. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the, our top 10 action movies of 2014, and this is for Action A Go Go. Today, we have three titans. <laughs> <laughs> of, of Action to Go Go. Two of them happen to be uh, founders. Would you say co founders or it was it Derek's thing? It was Derek's thing. It was Derek's thing. Derek Scarzella, let's start with you. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. It's it's great to finally have you on here after, was it maybe one or two different times we were trying to get you on here? Yeah, it was a couple times, but um, the planets didn't seem to want to align for us. Right, families but, and, and other other uh, uh, issues. Yeah, the usual crap. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, star battles, uh, <laughs> save some damsels in distress, kill the tractor too. Surely. Uh, Derek, I want to give uh, some background to the listeners who might not know uh, who you are and how you're related to, to Troy in this situation. Not only do you guys run Action A Go-Go together... But uh, were you you were part of um, uh, Mocha, right? That's right. That's right. Um, Troy got Mocha started with some mutual friends, and then I sort of muscled my way in there um, by basically saying, "I want to do this." <laughs> and um, that's yeah. how you get most jobs, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and um, and it just mushroomed from there. And then he convinced me to start a blog, and then I started Action A Go Go, and and he was there for the birth. Um, like any like any good friend. Right. I think wasn't yeah. the blog was before Mocha, wasn't it? Actually, I think it was around the same time, maybe. Okay, maybe it was around the same it, time. So Menagerie of Kickassery, how did that so your your involvement to it was also paralleled with the blog that became Action Agoga? Yeah. Yeah, basically. It was December 2010, pretty much. And what was your mission statement, Derek? Was it that you were going to cover mainly uh, action and genre fair? Basically, yeah. Um, yes, want to take a, a serious look at action movies and appreciate them for the cinematic value they have and have a good time doing it. Has that changed at all over the years? You know, we've diversified. Um, we've got more writers. We've got writers who are into different things. Um, Troy is a jack of all trades, but Zach, um, you know, he's our action movie expert <laughs> among action movie experts. Um, he, he writes about all sorts of fun B movies and, and, you know, action movies you maybe haven't seen in a while. Um, yeah. I uh, dip my toes in, in different things. I talk about, um, old action movies, new action movies, maybe do some news, but we've got stuff, um, people who are into cosplay, uh, sci-fi, superhero stuff. And um, we just try and cover all of our bases and give people a well-informed, um, view of the action landscape. And video games and uh, cosplay geek stuff, which is a lot of fun. Zach, let me turn it to you, buddy. How did yeah, you co- How did you come into the Zach Zantucci, the man? Yeah, I was. Uh, uh, I went to high school with Derek, and haven't actually seen him in a while. But uh, I was posting a bunch of stupid shit on Facebook, uh, <laughs> uh, both action movie and comic book related. Uh, so he called me up and asked if I wanted to do some stuff uh, for the site. So I've been you know, writing uh, pretty regularly since, I want to say, February or so of right. 2014. Um, and, uh, yeah, right now I'm doing Netflixing Under the Influence where, uh, you know, I, I drink some beers and watch something that's pretty terrible or sometimes good. Uh, 
but the production values tend to be terrible. How do you make those decisions? Is it just based on on the poster? It, it's actually, uh, I've made no secret about it being based off of what's expiring on Netflix. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. If yeah. anything is going to be the impetus for you to do something, it should be when, when something's about to fall off of Netflix. That's pretty exactly. good. So that's, that's usually how it goes. Um, it's, a, it's a similar mind space between the three of you, right? Like yeah, uh, pretty much. the type of stuff we like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. You know, I think, I think how it's really shaken out is because we've had people come and go um but at the end of the day there there really is an action to go go away and you know certain people seem to be in tune with it and um you know it just works and we keep doing it and it's a lot of fun so is this the first time that you guys have uh dived into having a top 10 action movies of the year no no you do Um, this is a this is a tradition yes yeah Um, maybe three years in running I think so. I think it goes back to 2011, yeah. um, because like I said, the blog got started late 2010. Um, so I think um, Avengers took 2012, or maybe 2011, and mm-hmm. then the raid took 2012. Right. And yeah, it, was 20, forget, it was 2012, yeah. yeah. And I forget who took it last year. But um, we moved in the top uh, action sequences. We, we did, yeah, we did action sequences instead gotcha. of movies last year. Yeah, gotcha. So who took who took that, Troy? Do you remember that? Uh, the number one spot. Yeah. Oh God. Um, from last year, I can't even think of it right now. I'll, yeah, let, you know. I'll let you know in a second, actually, just for posterity. But uh, for those who <laughs> don't know, I mean, Derek certainly is this guy who uh, put together this blog that we're all now are kind of uh, a part of either as contributing articles and writing uh, or podcasts in this scenario. I also do the uh, the Wire podcast, All the Pieces Matter, that I also put on on uh, Action to Go Go. And it's a, a great community. Thank you very much. It's a great community, a great uh, um, family of writers and, uh, and thinkers. I think we have some of the best um, minds when it comes to kind of boiling down pop culture online. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so happy happy to finally have you on here too zach because i i admire almost everybody that writes for the uh the site except for that guy cy shackleford um, but no 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 i love i, lo- I love cy too uh but yeah i i, I kind of wanted as we're as we're approaching this and we're going to be talking about our, our top 10 action movies of 2014 i was just wondering is there a definition here that we should jump into because i mean yeah it's easy to define what are the top 10 best action sequences but i think when you talk about action movies are you guys are you guys at all uh you know is is the um is the story and maybe if there's any sort of other flaws with the movie is it knocking it down on the list for you even though it might have a great action sequence what what goes into considering the whole film uh as a as a as a as a its own entry I don't know. I can't speak for you guys. I think everybody's a little different. That was one of the things we were willing to be a little bit flexible on, is because there are very one of our one of the foundations of action to go go is that there are many shades of action. Right. And so you can have sci-fi action like Star Wars. You can have superhero action like freaking like uh, uh, Iron Man. You know, you can have martial arts action like The Raid. You can have you know like there's all different sorts of con- different kinds. So I think for me personally, I think it was more about tone. Mm-hmm. Um, because action movies have a certain tone. At least that's the most identifiable trait to me. Okay. How, so, so, how so do you mean tone, though? Um, for example, did you guys see Nightcrawler? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, and again, this is very subjective. But like um, Nightcrawler to me was more of a crime film than an action film. Yeah. And it's because it's a lot – it's slow. It's much slower in pacing Yeah. Um, compared to something as uh, The Winter Soldier. Right, right. You know? it's, it's also the question of yeah I think that it has a question of of um, uh, kind of the pacing too like when you mm-hmm. feel like that action sequence is being plugged into the script yeah you know when that action sequence comes it feels like you know when you do a Marvel movie that's a, obviously the factory line they do it very well at plugging in where those action sequences are supposed to go mm-hmm. whereas a movie like Sn- Snowpiercer which has action in it uh, mm-hmm. has a much kind of higher caliber um, uh, outlook or, or at least mission statement with what they're right. trying to do. Right, right. Yeah, like, I mean, it's... Well, I think that's the key thing. Uh, that's the actually great thing about all these, and I think that's why it never gets old for me anyway, which is that, like, it's always interesting to see how they plug those things in. Right. You know, and sometimes it feels contrived. Sometimes it feels... And sometimes it's like, oh, man, hey, this is really working, you know, so... When I was tasked with make, making this list, uh, I... Also, was just going through everything I saw this year, seeing what I defined as an action movie and what I didn't. So mm-hmm. I made a non-genre-specific list. And for example, uh, these two movies didn't make our list because they're both terrible. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the RoboCop remake and the 300 sequel uh, uh, that ranked higher than RoboCop on my best action movie list because it was full of gore and violence and some fun stuff, but RoboCop ranked higher on my regular list because the story of 300 didn't make sense. The pacing was maddening. So it's it's also, it's how you define. So you had, you had a different rubric Zach, for what, uh, delineates a better action movie over another one. Are there these aspects? Do they have to have, uh, you know, a certain amount of action scenes? Does it have to be a certain level of gore? Does it have to be a certain level of, you know, how much how much it takes up of the movie? What is it? I, I think it's the same, the old rubric when they say, I don't have a definition for porn, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that, where it's something... You know, there's some adventures are also action movies, right. and some adventures are simply... You know, comic adventures, even if they're packed full of of amazing action sequences, right. that's not necessarily the feel that you get from it. And I'm, I'm sure we could even differ on that. Well, what uh, about uh, what about simply the Hobbit movies? The, the biggest things of the past three years. I mean, simply the fact that that it's coming off of uh, the Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is you know it's they they are uh, sci-fi action adventure or fantasy. Um, uh, classics at this point. So when you talk about The Hobbit, there is a certain uh, number of locked-in action scene sequences that are in those movies. But would you consider them action movies? I yes. would. Yeah, I would. I would definitely would. As a matter of fact, I was uh, on our list for last year. Gotcha. Um, like the barrel ride in um, The Hobbit, Desolation of Smaug. <laughs> <laughs> so I always have to say it weird. I don't know why. Um and actually, Derek, to answer your question, number one last year was actually, for action sequences, not top action movies, was uh, actually Evil Dead. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. For, the, yeah. For, the blood, for the blood rain chainsaw. <laughs> chainsaw, chainsaw to the mouth. That was, that was fantastic. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> Bloody massacre. So, you, so for your listeners, get, this is where we're going with this. Right. 
No, yeah. it's good. It's good. I, I like to get this perspective because obviously, I mean, um, one of the things that has come up repeatedly on uh, this show, on the Debatable Podcast, has been kind of talking to people about how they define good and bad movies. Um, mm. It's really a, a such a subjective thing. People can yeah. say that, you know, a bad movie uh, is, is lacking uh, in all of these things that make it, you know, make a masterpiece like The Godfather or Citizen Kane or Do the Right Thing right. or whatever. But at the other end of the spectrum there are things that i i love bad movies and i can love mm-hmm. a bad movie as much as a great masterpiece if it is you know if it has those things that appeal to me yeah no yeah. i agree i agree 100 Derek, were you saying something uh, i was agreeing with everybody yeah yeah <laughs> that stole my porn line so i can't yeah. say you know it when you see it right. oh, sorry <laughs> I mean, hey, man, like this, this, just this weekend, I was supposed to be Christmas shopping and I ended up purchasing um, Planet Terra and Hero, which are pretty different sure. like movies, you know, like the Jet Li, the Jet Li uh, period martial arts thing right. and like this deliberately schlocky grindhouse movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I have The Godfather on my shelf right next to him. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, that's, that's a good, uh, that's a good uh, rubric for it, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me ask you something. If, if you guys can... Um, kind of boil this down at all. Is there a theme that is going through the type of action films we saw this year? Are you seeing um, anything that's that's the same across the board? I definitely think so, but I don't know, Derek. You want to you want to take this? Um, well, I I think ironically enough, I haven't seen as many movies as um, some other people here. But I think one theme I've definitely noticed is betrayal. Um. That's something that's come up in a, quite a few movies. Um, obviously, sabotage, yeah. but um, I mm-hmm. mean, the raid too. Um, just all over the place. It seems to be a big one, and I think um, even a Captain America three. Yeah, yeah, of course, and mm-hmm. um, not so much Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah I'd say that. that's actually in Planet of the Apes too. Actually, yeah, it's that cornerstone of of revenge. That yeah. those elements of revenge exactly. is that you know you have to have the hero kind of uh, or heroine overcome uh, whatever's been done wrong to them. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. a big part of action movies. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, uh, I think the the common trend has actually been a uh, kind of like a weird nineties, uh, a slightly nineties uh, interpretation of action. Um, and like I think that like I've noticed that I think um, like the studios are being forced to make different types of movies again, um, even though they're spending a lot of dough on it. And I think that has a lot to do with the foreign market. I think that has a lot to do with the superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we're seeing is like a lot of diversification, especially this summer. I thought diversifying the the action landscape. C- Counter programming. Yeah. yeah, because I think and I think it's the end result of, you know, Marvel sucked up all their properties and they're good to go. DC sucked up all their properties and they're good to go. Right. And Hollywood wants to appeal to the foreign markets who, you know, for lack of a better for for for, for I don't know, this is probably the not most PC way to say it. But like their 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 concept of film is about like several years back from where we were. Sure. And so, like, therefore, like the these old school '90s actors, like the Tom Cruise and you know, like those guys, they play well overseas. They yeah. don't play well here. Yeah. Expendables that plays well overseas. It doesn't play well here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm seeing an emphasis on like the '90s type of action movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's trying. Like, it's trying to come back in a certain way too. I yeah, think that it's trying to. Maybe it's trying to undercut. 
um, mm-hmm. the superhero phase that we're in right now, but um, yeah. they're still making PG-13 action movies. That's the thing. They are. They are. Which is... But, you know, but at the same time, they are, but they aren't. Because, like, after... Derek introduced me to the concept of Neeson season. <laughs> and, um, which I, like, I think I was, like, only kind of peripherally aware of. But then, like, I kind of connected the dots when he told me this. Because I'm like, you know, after summer, at that ass end of summer, when all the, like, you know, pretty much after Guardians of the Galaxy, there were, like, kind of... Uh, they were, like, there was a growing number of R-rated movies that started to pop up. Sure. And they were all action-based. I'm thinking of stuff like The Equalizer. Yeah. Um, a Walk Among Tombstones, I think, was another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, sabotage. Fu- Fury. Um, yeah. yeah, and then Sabotage early in the year, which is also like, Neeson season was actually in two parts this year, which was yeah, kind of yeah. weird. I can see that. So, so um, you know, before we get into our list proper, we did talk about kind of the outliers of, yeah. our, of our list. Uh, these we, we had, you know, four different people, four different lists, and uh, we figured that there was going to be some overlap, especially when we get into the higher levels of our list. So, you can see that we pretty much have the same movies uh, across the board. But mm-hmm. uh, there were a bunch of outliers that only one of us liked or only two of us liked. And I think that's kind of where we should kind of start with the list. And I'm going to yeah. hand it over to Troy to quarterback this for the rest of the show. But, uh, yeah, why don't, we, why don't we talk a little bit about those, uh, those outliers? Um, okay. I mean, for the sake of time, can, we just, can I just throw out the title and you guys can respond to it? Absolutely. Okay. Um, Derek, I know you feel strongly about this. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past is not on the top ten list. Yeah, fuck you guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, um, I mean, the, the X-Men franchise has been a love-hate relationship with X-Men fans and the people who make the movies. Um, there's been some huge, um, terrible films that have been made. You know, looking at you, Wolverine Origins. <laughs> and... Um, but but I think they it, it's sort of funny like I think Days of Future Past was like a giant may culpa they yeah. literally wiped away all of the garbage that has happened over the course of the franchise and they sort of gave us like a hey don't worry guys everything's fine <laughs> uh, let's come back for see what we do next time yeah, yeah. and we're actually gonna get a different villain that's not Magneto. Yeah, uh, right. I know we had a couple miners in there, but I think I'm excited that Apocalypse is showing up. I mean, I don't know how it's going to work because the Apocalypse I want is literally wearing a big blue suit and has big <laughs> blue lips, you know, yeah. <laughs> straight out of comics. And I know I'm not going to get that, but yeah. uh, but it's it's nice that they're trying, and you know, it was nice getting getting to watch X Men actually get owned, and yeah. then um, you know, it was actually a decent action film. So. Um, Zach, what about you? X Men: Days of Future Past. Did you see it? Yeah, I liked it. It uh-huh. it kind of just missed my list, um, mm-hmm. basically because of small issues with the storytelling. But it was, yeah. a, it was a strong movie, um, mm. and it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, my only issue was kind of they you would Wolverine be the main character, but be sort of exceptionally boring throughout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, it was just overstuffed in the way that say Brian Singer didn't overstuff X2, which was is probably one of my favorite mm. super of all time. Yeah. 
What about you, Greg? Did you see um, Days of Future Past? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was a big fan of this movie. It was on my list. Um, yeah. I, I do think it has a lot of flaws. But, you know, the thing yeah. that I, I go back to often, and I think that's kind of where I, uh, uh, you and me, uh, Troy, and, and some of our, um, our more uh, comic uh, uh, knowledgeable friends uh, mm-hmm. kind of disagree on because I, I'm I'm kind of I'm somewhere between a, 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 a not experienced and not an amateur so I'm not a neophyte but I'm a little little more than that but I'm not like hardcore uh, like you guys advanced readers so mm-hmm. to me like. X-Men was uh, enjoyable. It had a, a, a mix of so many different genres and, and time travel, and I did like the action scenes in it and you know, kind of cutting back and forth between the past and the future and how, that, uh, how each was going to be affected. Um, I really liked that part of it. And, and it, for, for a series that kind of had its, uh, you know, its, its heart monitor flatlining in the, mm-hmm. last, uh, the last few, I would say, I, I mm-hmm. didn't like. I didn't like the last Wolverine, it, it, the one after Origins. I didn't even like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, I really, really enjoyed. Not for Wolverine, just for that kind of uh, Brian Singer ensemble fair. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Cool. Um, what about uh, Transformers: Age of <laughs> Extinction? Let's talk about that. <laughs> why did Why didn't that make your list, guys? <laughs> because I cannot get on board with Mark Wahlberg tearing up when Optimus Prime is trying to get everybody on yes. on board. Oh God! I, that's that's gonna be my main takeaway. I literally, Greg was next to me when I saw that. I, I literally like gut bucket, like laughed like, when he started. Like I mean, from the bottom of my soul, I laughed so hard he when was he started all, crying. He was all glassy eyed. Oh man! Yeah, and Optimus Prime flies off. I was like, no, no, thank you. Did anybody else see Transformers: Age of Extinction, or did you guys have the good sense to stay away? I saw it. I gave it, my buddy wanted to see it. And I hadn't seen him in years, so I was like, "Okay, whatever. I'll go see a movie with you." Mm-hmm. And the movie should have been called "Transformers: Love Letter to China." <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, like I love the part where they're in China and they show like the obligatory like shot of the government officials looking like they know what the hell they're doing, <laughs> and not being like, "Oh my god, a bunch of robots are killing everyone. What do we do?" <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I think. It's you know it's not even considered a good Transformers movie. I know, isn't that the so crazy that's thing? Yeah. That's a low hurdle. Yeah, it really is. Wait, yeah. has there ever been one? I like the first one. I mean, I don't like it enough to buy it, but like I think it's a noble effort. I'm like, if you're gonna make a Transformers movie, that's probably the best you could do. So you kind of fell off with Robot Balls. Yeah, like the Egypt, the one in Egypt was just kind of like, what the hell? And and the third one, the third one has a really cool finale. But other than that, it's just like it's, again, it's, there's a lot of what the hell watching those. Movies. <laughs> you see the third one. I actually sort of liked the third one because if you pay attention to the editing, mm-hmm. he actually slowed it down. No, he did. The first right. two films, um, uh, it was a lot of like the computer. Made, I don't know if it was the computer effects or what, but everything blurs by. Mm-hmm. But in the third film, he actually slows it down. You actually get to see what's going on. You mean and the I action? Really appreciate right? that. So you mean you mean the action, right? The action, like yeah. the, literally the action. Mm-hmm. But then so. in that finale in the third one, I just remember trying to figure out. There'll be like ten minutes, like spreads of time where you didn't know where Shia LaBeouf was in the city. Right. Was just, <laughs> there was no spatial reasoning to the action going on no. in the city. 
But it was it was good action, but a lot of it didn't make any sense. And the, the fourth one suffered from that even more. Oh yeah, wow. big time. I mean, stuff was just happening. Ooh, ooh, turn that shit off. <laughs> well, who has a, who has an actual phone? Yeah, that's a landline. <laughs> <laughs> Put that um, shit on vibrate, Derek. Was I the only one as guilty as charged? <laughs> was I the only one foolish enough to see Expendable Story? No. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, that's not on the list either. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? Is that the period to that? Huh? Is that the period to that sentence? That wasn't on the list either, next. Yeah, it's not on the list. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. hey. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's pump the brakes here, guys. Yeah, no, go for it. Like, what, what do you got to say about it? I, I mean, I loved it just because I love the Expendable series, but wow. I'm not going to sit here and argue it's a good movie. Right. But, um, <laughs> guilty pleasure? Do you have guilty pleasures? Oh, yeah. That's totally guilty pleasure. I, guys, like ever since I was a kid, like Arnold, Stallone, any of those oh, yeah. guys in the same movie, come on. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't say no. Well, that's how you get uh, butts in the seats, but that doesn't mean that the movie is good. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. That's how I ended up seeing it. <laughs> that movie failed hard here. I think that yeah. may have been saved by overseas box office oh, yeah. again. Oh, yeah. Maybe. But, yeah. Um, but it did not perform well here at all. Oh no! I it just you know it's like I, like for those of you who haven't seen, I'm about to spoil the hell out of it. Like basically, they like they kill they kill quote unquote Terry Crews at the very beginning of the film, in a pretty good action sequence, admittedly. No, he comes and, back. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I said quote unquote killed, and then um, he has to uh, Sylvester Stallone has to get a whole new group of kids to become expendables, and so that includes Ronda Rosie and uh, was it Tito Ortiz? I think it was. I can't remember, and um, they're not at all interesting like if you thought the charisma in the like the last two was pretty bad it was pretty low this is like it's pretty bad with these uh these newbies oh yeah none of them can act none of them can act and like i think ronda rosie probably gets the best action sequence because she actually fights some dude like a like hand-to-hand scene um antonio banderas is way over the top like it's kind of obnoxious <laughs> I, like i don't know i don't know so like, like his like his acting his accent and everything yeah, like it used to be great, and like he's just like they just ask him to do like desperado types, like yeah. fourteen. Yeah, and it's like weird. Yeah, it's, it was like a really weird, childish interpretation of Antonio Banderas overall. Yeah, it was, <laughs> and it was really annoying and a, and a waste of his talents because he's yeah. such a great actor. Yeah, you know, um, he's a great actor. It was like Chris Kattan doing Antonio Banderas <laughs> on Saturday Night Live. Right, exactly. Exactly. That's a perfect analogy. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to, okay, guys, real quick, I'm going to throw these out at you. I want to get a uh, one word answer from you, okay? Just why why you didn't like, did or did not like this, okay? Not a one word. Give me a sentence. Give, give you a sentence. Give me a sentence. Um, Hunger Games, Derek. It's the Hunger Games? Yeah, Hunger Games. <laughs> why was that not on your list? Because it's, oh, oh, it's the Hunger Games. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Zach, Hunger Games, why was it not on your list? Because I did not see it. That's uh, fair. Okay. I haven't even seen the second one, so. <laughs> <laughs> Drawing a line in the sand. Greg, yeah, Hunger Games? Same here. I, I kind of uh, fell off with the second one. My girlfriend dragged me to that, and I, I'm, I'm just, I can't get excited about it. You give me um, Battle Royale every day of the week and twice on Sunday is all mm-hmm. I want. I thought the second one was good. I'm, I'm going to get around to going to see it. I, I actually, I, I approved the second one. It was okay, but yeah. I just had, even the power of Philip Seymour Hoffman's last performance couldn't drag me to see that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, Robocop, Derek. Terrible. Oh, man. Okay. Zach, Robocop. 
Yeah, it was it was really bad. Just did not <laughs> hold my attention at all. Oh, wow, jeez, uh, Greg, I hate, I hate to be the guy, but I I actually like it. I don't think that it Thank in you, any Greg. way holds a candle to the first one. Let's not even try to compare them. But I will say it might be the best uh, of the other series. And, I mean, that's taken into account Robocop 2, which is a hard R movie, which I like, but is extremely flawed if you ever go back and watch it. Yeah, those sequels are ridiculous. I like like Robocop 2. Robocop 2 is good, but, uh, okay, okay, we'll uh, we'll take it to to be uh, subjective. It might be subjective. I'm I'm with Greg on this. I actually thought it was okay. Like I didn't hate it. I thought there were some really cool moments in Michael it. Michael Keaton is pretty damn good in it too. Michael Michael Keaton's had a good year, guys. He's yeah. been in like he was in Robocop, yeah. he was he was in Need for Speed, and he's in Birdman, and he's great in all of them. Yeah, yeah. Like a like a mighty Phoenix, he has risen. Yeah, yes. He really has. Um speaking of Robocop, let's do the Frank Miller trifecta. Let's complete the Frank Miller trifecta. Uh three hundred Rise of an Empire. It was there. okay. Yeah. It Zach, was okay. You said, Zach, you were like whatever, right? Yeah, I mean it was it had a lot good about it, and it also had a lot bad about it. So that mm-hmm. was kind of the – like the good was a lot of blood, Eva Green's boobs, and mm-hmm. the bad was everything else. I was about to say, I could think of two things that were great about it. <laughs> um, Sin City 2. I'm sorry, De- Greg, did you have an opinion no, about that? No, that? I was – the perfect segue. I was going to say just like Sin City 2, 300, Rise of – what is it? Rise of the Lycans or something? Uh, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> Rise, Rise of the Machines? Rise what was it? Sith, Rise of the Sith Lycans Machines. <laughs> uh, both, both of those movies were like, you know what? I'm going to see them when they come out on uh, home video or on uh, cable. I'm, I'm not really going to go to the theater for them. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. Um – uh, Big Hero Six. Did you guys see this? I didn't get a chance to, and that's another movie that I feel like was kind of a, a surprise movie because it is a Marvel movie. Um, eh, eh. no, I saw it with my daughter. Not really. But it's made by Marvel. Is not, what I'm saying. Not really. No? Like, there's a lot of weird finagling. Disney's, if I remember correctly, Disney's been locking was locking down here Big Hero Six before they bought Marvel. Like they were trying to develop it as like a Pixar film. I get like, don't quote me on that, but I know they've had it in development for a long time. Okay. And um, I, I like having watched the movie. I, I don't know. I kind of feel it. It doesn't feel like a Marvel film yeah. in any shape, way, shape, or form. There's one very brief Stan Lee cameo, and it's not like it's not actually him, of course, because it's right. a cartoon. Right. Um, no, it's definitely a Disney film. But yeah, it's more of a Disney. It just takes Marvel characters. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to finally seeing it because it is one of those movies that was on my list. But again, just, you know, something that I'm going to see when it comes out on video. I and saw it, it with my daughter and it, it was just a very generic, like kids action film. It had a little bit of style and humor in there, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's nothing to write home about. Right. I um And like also one of the things I noticed, too, is that the creators are man of action who do big uh, Ben 10 and um mm-hmm. I, I don't write these shows. Rex Generator, Generator Rex, something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and those guys are actually formal, former comic book guys <laughs> who started their own animation studio. Um, so I think that, if anything, that's probably the closest it actually comes to being connected to an actual Marvel anything. Gotcha. So, Zach, did you see Big Hero 6? I did not see it, no. Okay, okay. Uh, continue the anime. is a, it's like a, a weird Marvel outreach to Japan or... Yeah. Love Japan. I mean, those are bastardized anyway. Mm. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Well, I mean, it's like uh, one of those side projects. As a comic book, I'm talking about. Not yeah. that it's bad, but it's not like it's um, 
like a serious character taken into consideration over time. Yeah. It's like, a, mean, it's like I, a special project that's done as a concept. Right. And that's it. That's it. No, you're absolutely right. And everybody's taking a crack. Chris Claremont wrote Big Hero 6 at one point in time. Like, it's everybody's taking a crack at it. And, like, it definitely feels like a side project that was like, well, we got to slot this in for we need one animated film from Disney Studios, and this will probably do. Um, Godzilla. How'd you guys think? Of, what did you guys think of Godzilla? I think it was superb. It was on my on my list. I think it might be um, my. I'm so glad that it finally was made um, over over here. Mm-hmm. A a good version was made. I think that there were problems with the story in the middle. Mm-hmm. There was some sluggishness, some slumpiness in the middle. Mm-hmm. But as far as a monster movie goes, I mean, it's probably the best Godzilla for you know decades, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what, well, there was Godzilla 2000, yeah, I guess you would say decades, then, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about it, I was like, it's called Godzilla 2000, yeah. that would have been the last good one. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, Derek, Godzilla? I mean, I, I thought it was incredibly frustrating, mm-hmm. you know, I thought it was a great movie, mm-hmm. but the fact that they kept teasing um, so much of it for so long, mm-hmm. I, I really just, to me, like, that's the antithesis of a Godzilla film, you know, mm-hmm. apart from, like, the first one, or maybe a couple ones after, like, you really pay to see Godzilla in a Godzilla film. And all the teasing that went went down, like, for so much of the movie, like, I can understand if it made it to halfway through, but, like, it was, like, up until the end before you really got to see what you, what you were paying for. Right, so yeah. um, I appreciate the film, but I can't call it a great one. You know, it's, it was good. But Zach, Zach, what about you? Uh, I have it sitting in a red Netflix envelope on my coffee table. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> it was but no, for, I, the reason, for the things that Derek said, I, uh, I was excited about it, and then I lost interest because that yeah. seemed to be a very uh, uh, common reaction. Yeah. yeah, people were very open about that. Like, they warned you. <laughs> and, you know, I, like, yeah, I thought it was, I, I think it's a gorgeous, like, wonderfully filmed, like, wonderfully shot movie. And, like, this guy, like, I kind of want to see him do something that's not a licensed property, right. but still kind of big. Right. Because, like, he's clearly got, like, some Spielbergian-type vision going on. Yeah. Um, well, have you so seen Monsters? I still have not seen that. And, like, I, I kind of slept on it, actually, because it's been on Netflix and it's been sitting in my queue forever, another watch, and I know it's his first movie. It's amazing. Yeah? I mean, I, I saw that when it first got the buzz, I, I believe through Netflix or, or mm-hmm. something like that. And I got excited when I heard he was going to do Godzilla because obviously he can do monster films and yeah. he on an incredibly small budget. Yeah. Like, like infinitesimal budget. He did an incredibly complex um, uh, special effects film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, he, he did good with Godzilla. I wish there was more of it, but it was still a good movie. Still a good uh, Greg? Yeah. Um, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Yes. So okay, I, you you were championing for this. Like, what's the deal with this? I like, did. why why were like, what was the great thing about it? You know what? I really just you know the uh, even the the first one really knocked me away. I really liked uh, it as a as a just a, a a general adventure movie. I really enjoyed it. It's a it's heartwarming <laughs> heartwarming. If I was going to be um, if I was able to to make that judgment, uh, mm-hmm. show my feminine side, um, but. Uh, <laughs> 
I do, I do really like that movie, and uh, you know, autobiographically, it means a lot to me. Kind of like you know, when I think about you know, growing up with my dragon. No, when I when I think about you know, growing up as a growing up as a kid, and a lot of those similar things. So, with that in mind, How to Train Your Dragon Two. I mean, it was more of the same. There was more of opening the world, making it more epic, and those fucking flying in the air uh, scenes are superb. That feeling awesome. of flying is just like that's what I look for in adventure. I'm I'm a I'm a strange bird. I actually own the score to how your how to train your dragon the first it. one, I and I I have not seen either of the movies. I love the score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, you'll be blown away when you finally fit, fit visual to, to audio. Um, anybody else see how to train your dragon? It's two. I did. Yeah, what'd you think? I, I have a child, so I'm required to see all children. <laughs> um, no, um, I, I actually regret not seeing these in theaters, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like I'd like them more. They're, they're good, solid movies. Um, I really like the dragons, of course. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. But, um, but, Greg, you're absolutely right about those flying sequences. I mean, those those are some of the best sequences on the in the film. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Sorry. just got swiped you did oh man um anyway so okay uh where am i uh the equalizer thoughts yes i okay now if there's any movie that i think can go toe-to-toe and we can we can we can argue this when we do get to talk about sabotage. Mm-hmm. If there's a movie that I think the mainstream audiences slept on because it seemed generic, mm-hmm. I think that Equalizer and S- Sabotage are in the same family. Like yeah, Equalizer is a very good um you know, it's 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 man on fire light. Okay, you're gonna yeah. get you're gonna get man on fire light. But if you had that expectation going in, Denzel delivers, and mm-hmm. Antoine Fuqua. I mean, he does he does the best that he can do. It's it's hard to say that Antoine Fuqua has a good uh, run in any like yeah. since since Training Day. It's hard to yeah. say that. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one, I I really enjoy. I just enjoy seeing Denzel in any way, um, even when he's playing. Like I said, Man on Firelight. Right. Yeah. What about you, Zach? Did you see The Equalizer? I did not. I used to like the show a lot, but mm-hmm. I slept on it. Mm-hmm. Derek, did you see The Equalizer? I did not see The Equalizer. Mm-hmm. So okay, it's safe to say that Equalizer is not on the list just because. <laughs> two, two of the two of the four people did yeah, not see it. Probably, um, you know. Actually, well, I'll say this: I actually, did not like Equalizer. Okay, um, I'm not a big fan of Antoine Fuqua. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. And, it's hard. It's hard to be. It's hard. To and be. I'm actually, I'm actually not a fan of Antoine Fuqua. In that, like, I think Training Day is just okay. Oh boy. I oh think boy. Den- I think Denzel. Troy, we Denzel- were together. We were together. <laughs> we were holding hands. I thought Denzel Washington was great. Yeah. But you know, it's I like I just don't think that much of that movie. Like I, I it's kind of generic to me, and that's sure. what I felt like with the Equalizer. I felt like it was very generic. Yeah. And well, well, can I can I can I rebut that with a, with a question, Troy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the movie that didn't end up on the top ten um, that I I remember you being um, actually surprisingly because I think I was the one who introduced you to the trailer for A Walk Among the Tombstones. Yes. Now, why is that movie the movie that you champion when it it feels so generic to a lot of people? Um, I mean, does it like I actually thought that like the director 
like actually presented a lot of these very traditional concepts because this it's very much a gumshoe movie yeah, like yeah. it's a detective film yeah, yeah. and like and like honestly once you get the hang of that as you're watching it like i kind of feel like it it it's easy to embrace okay it's a lot easier to embrace okay. and it's 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 yeah i think it's, it's about Im- expectation here because i mean mm-hmm. like yeah it's obviously made by a director who did uh the lookout so if you're expecting a certain level of like noir crime drama you're gonna get that and uh, you know Neeson, you can definitely depend on. Mm-hmm. So is that is that what you're what you're attracted to in with that movie? Um, I think so, and like like it's yeah, I think it is the like kind of like the crime noir aspect of it. Right. It's I mean it's directed wonderfully too, um, but also ne- Liam Neeson. It's kind of like I'm watching him like in A Walk Among Tombs. So I'm like, how is he not done a like old school detective movie before? Because yeah. he's like perfect for this. Yeah. Like, his entire tone is like, yeah, you're private eye. Like, that makes complete and total sense. He's well cast. I'll say mm-hmm. that. I, yeah. I think that I was underwhelmed with it as the as the um, the twisty, turny conspiracy kind of unraveled towards yeah. the end. But I, I think for the most part, I think, like, maybe two-thirds, maybe three-fourths of the movie is pretty pretty solid. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And, like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't end as strong. Um, but I, I don't know. I kind of, I'm kind of excuse, excuse a movie right. if it's like, you know, three quarters of this good, mm-hmm. then like you get to the finale and you just need to wrap it up. Yeah. Cause like, it wasn't insulting. It wasn't stupid. It yeah, wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like the type of finale that like Transformers Age of Extinction has. Right. You know? <laughs> right. like, and then there, and then there are robot dinosaurs, <laughs> and, you know, like, it's just even, sort of like the biggest mm-hmm. insult with Age of Extinction is that they don't even say Dinobots. No, they don't. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure those are dragons, folks. Yeah. <laughs> like dinosaurs to me. Like, right. ugh, God. I've been waiting for Grimlocks for four movies and then <laughs> throw them in at the end like an afterthought. <laughs> yeah, he really was. After um, being and, all over the marketing. Oh, God. Okay, so our one last honorable mention, and I swear we'll get to the list. Um, I think we'll get crucified for this. John Wick is not on this list. Yeah, it's. I was going to say the fact that it's not on this list is is horrible. But I will say this <laughs> to to kind of to kind of protect us. John Wick has great action scenes, mm-hmm. but it is um, kind of an average story. It is the story is horrible. Yeah, like I mean, like it just kind of deteriorates as it goes along, and it's weird because I don't know. I walked into this thinking like. Okay, yeah, this is a uh, this will like you know it's about the guy losing his dog, right. you know, and so it's like okay, this might be kind of tongue in cheek. I was hoping that it would be tongue in cheek, yeah, and like there are, <laughs> there are moments when it is. Well, kind people of. people latched on to that dog revenge plot, and that's all you saw on Twitter. When you find out that it really isn't about the dog revenge, no, the dog isn't. revenge is just this little quirk that everyone jumped on. But it's actually yeah. a bigger story of you know he lost his wife, and he's a fucking former gangster gun for hire who's coming back out for revenge. Yeah. Zach, this was on your list. Can you can you make a case for why it was on your list? Yeah, I mean, it was my number four uh, overall, um, and I just thought it was a really, I mean, I think sometimes, and take The Raid, for instance, as an example, that a, a simple story is a nice way to hang on very sure. stylized and cool yeah. action. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, John Wick uh, does something similar that I know Troy sent me, sent us that uh, that video about how Jackie Chan is such a good action director. And right, yeah. Stay still, and I just really love that. Um, and it's something that's been going on more often. And you know, uh, uh, 
Gareth Evans has been doing it with the the raid. With the yeah. camera isn't handheld. It's still on a tripod, but it still moves with the action mm-hmm. in a very clear, concise manner. And John Wick did that really well. Yeah, and it's just this. I think the action is just superbly choreographed and composed, and that's saying a lot for action movies because there's so many action movies that just don't have that level of expertise and precision that I think John Wick does so well. Yeah. There was also. It's also this weird, hyper-real... I mean, every character in it is a super assassin. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like real people don't exist in whatever world right. that John right. lives like, in. I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, I can't... Like, when I, was, I remember when I was watching it, I was sitting there like, so, okay, they're in New York, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, see, but I think that's also part of my problem with the movie, too, is, like, I thought that the stuff was well choreographed, but it's so overly stylized to the point point that i couldn't make out what was happening on screen half the time and i think that's i feel like that's actually the opposite of what the jackie chan video was trying to like explain right like um there's a lot of like you know strobe lights and like you know everything's happening at night and like you know uh, there's there there are there are are fights that like that the gunshots are the only moment that you can actually see what's happening in the room i and absolutely hated the music (laughs) i hated the music in this movie i'm sorry Yeah, yeah. There's a, I don't know. I just I I think if anything, that was a movie where maybe expectations kind of like hurt it, hurt it in the long it, run for it me. It did because it when it when it came out early at the festivals, everyone was talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the uh, other the other side of this for this movie is that this is sort of in a weird way um, the return of Keanu Reeves. Sure. Yeah. Because. Um, you know, there's been some stories about his star power waning, especially after 47 Ronin. Yeah, which was awful. Yeah, the movie was awful. It, it bombed so hard. And he's openly admitted, like, he's not getting those leading man roles anymore, mm-hmm. which is really weird because it's only like a, a five or six year time span. Yeah. But his star power has really waned. But I think that's the really surprising aspect of this movie, that it has it's, it, is a, it is a small independent film that has managed to go a lot farther than it's supposed to. Now, I'm saying all this having not seen the movie, so that's why I wasn't <laughs> but, um, but, straight, straight up has him saying, yeah, I think I'm back. Like, that's a, that's a big selling <laughs> point for the movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. True, true. But, but yeah, I think, I think that's the, 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 even more than the movie's success, like, that's the big thing here. Keanu Reeves still has that star power and can still bring it, so. Actually, you know what, Derek, you asked, I'm sorry, Derek, uh, Greg, you asked about the, a pattern that we've seen in some of these movies this year. Yeah. I'd say, actually, above everything else, um, like, old school action stars, or like, you know, like, at least action heroes from previous generations, or leading men from previous generations becoming action heroes. Yeah, yeah. Like, that Kevin Costner movie, um, uh, seven days to kill or eight uh, days to three, kill. Three, three days. Three days to One kill. Of, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, like too much time. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Whole week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, out of nowhere, like you know, Kevin Costner's an action star. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, it's the same thing with Keanu Reeves, of course. Like, you know, Arnold did sabotage this right. year. Like, yeah, like, and that's what also what I mean. It's like you're seeing a lot of these. Uh, Tom Cruise actually got won the critics over this year. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, which is hilarious things- to me because we do, even we talked about it uh, before, Troy. That that mm-hmm. you know the what your standard expectation for a Tom Cruise movie is a Tom Cruise movie, and people you know kind of they 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 shit on that when you get Oblivion or whatever. But with mm-hmm. Edge of Tomorrow, it kind of goes to prove that Tom Cruise can still you know front that. But I guess we'll talk about it. 
Yeah, yeah. Oblivion was a great movie, but um, but I think a lot of that, Troy, like mm-hmm. you see Kevin Costner leading an action movie, again, like that's overseas. Yeah, no, you're you know, right. Because that's it. That was a European movie. Um, yeah, yeah, that was on um, Luke Besson. Exactly, that was Luke Besson. That was Studio Canal, mm-hmm. and um, you know. I think we're starting to see the the movie industry in America sort of turn into like the the music industry, because mm-hmm. like when you go to Europe, a lot of um, music, American music that isn't popular now in America, still gets play over there and right. still gets appreciated. And we're literally seeing the same thing with movies, mm-hmm. where a lot of these actors that you know we might not give a shit about anymore, mm-hmm. um, they still get play, or their um, controversies don't matter overseas yeah. because maybe people don't care. You know what right. I mean? Or maybe they ha- literally haven't heard that news. Or they had their own set of celebrities that they, they get gossip on. <laughs> no, exactly. They have their yeah. own set of celebrities and they don't they haven't heard the, the bad stuff about, you know, yeah. whoever. So yeah, I was I didn't I didn't actually I probably I kind of misspoke when I said that they're like several years back from us. And that's but this is actually what I meant. Like, yeah, the these older actors are still superstars over there. Um, and that's because of like how the release schedules used to be compared to how they are here in America. Like, they used to get stuff after we did. Now it's the other way around. So, yeah, it makes sense that guys like Kevin Costner, guys like Tom Cruise, like the, the entire Expendables cast, like, those guys are, like, very, they're still popular over there. Yeah, and they've, and they've also been international stars continuously. Yeah. Like Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Oh, he's been a star over in Europe yeah. for continuously. Even when yeah. he was doing straight-to-video stuff here. Yeah, exactly. So, so is Steven Seagal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Seagal, yeah. Yeah. Troy, I was going to say right before we get into this, uh, into the mm-hmm. real list, uh, I'm surprised that, that Lucy didn't make it into these outliers for you. Oh, you know, I jumped over Lucy a little bit. Actually, I want to point out something. Luke Besson had a, like, a, a, a marquee year. Yeah. Like, he's been pumping them out. Like, it's kind of crazy. Um, and he had Lucy this year. He had Brick Mansions, which I didn't even realize until I saw it was a remake of uh, District... Uh, yeah, District uh, B13. Uh, B13. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Brick uh, was a terrible film. Yeah, it was. It was pretty shitty. Don't and shit on Paul Walker's memory. <laughs> <laughs> not no, shitting on his memory. Last movie. That's what, that's what Fast and the Furious 7 for. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, he, and he did Three Days oh, to Kill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, he's got, and he's got a Taken coming out like at, at the top he, of January. Yeah, he is a producing factory line, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I liked Lucy. I thought it was actually pretty cool. I thought it was very nicely stylized. Um, I... There are, there are aspects of Lucy that I think kind of disqualified as an action film on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the action beats are very short in Lucy. And the emphasis is more on like this very, like, uh, I don't even know what to call it, like this. Uh, the, 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 it's, there's more emphasis on the sci-fi aspects. Right, right. Um, but I thought it was a gorgeous movie. And I thought it, like, it really did some really cool things. It's a little hokey here and there. Um but yeah, I mean, also props to them for releasing uh, in the dead of some, in the middle of summer, <laughs> an action film starring a female lead. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, there's only three main characters in that movie. It's an Egyptian, a black man, and a white woman. Wow, <laughs> so, it's not bad. Not bad diversity, not at all. Yeah, and it did good. So the I mean, villain's like, Korean. Yeah, and the villain's Korean. That's right, because it's a uh, freaking old boy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like yeah, it's a it's a kind of an ab- it's kind of like a very abnormal film in that regard. Very nice. But, um, okay, we have talked an hour about the movies that weren't on the list. <laughs> that's, what the, uh, that's what the listeners want. So come back tomorrow. <laughs> Part two. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's just get down to it, guys. Um, number 10. 
these these uh these movies are not in any particular order. Although I saved the ones that got the highest votes for last. I just want to point that out. Um, but these are our ten favorite from the year, collectively. Uh, number ten, Guardians of the Galaxy. I guess the real question here is why isn't this on your list, Troy? Um, yeah, I was the only one who didn't vote for it. I guess. Which is weird. I think that you're. I, I think you know knowing. Knowing our conversation on this, I can see where it comes from, but it seems like the movie is made by the studio that caters to you. But maybe not. Maybe not yeah. this one. I mean, you know, I think that's kind of like the beauty of Marvel, like the beauty of Marvel Studios. And this was kind of like the whole point of getting through phase one with them, which was that now they can diversify and they don't have to just do the the, the right. traditional superhero stuff. Like they can find something for everybody. And I think I think that's a genius move on their part. Right. Um, I don't hate Guardians, um, particularly for that reason. Like I, like I see it, I'm like, man, they found, they locked in. They already had the, they already had the comic book nerds. Oh yeah. They already had the squealing fangirls, you know. Um, they already had like you know the kids who are actively growing up with this stuff. Yep. Um, but they needed the people who were still ignoring them. And I think Guardians totally knocked that out of the park. And like now Marvel rules rules Hollywood yeah. at this point. If you get and, that level of wide appeal, where do yeah. you go? You know? And I think that was always a game plan. That's why I think Kevin Feige is a genius. Now that said, um, I think it's <laughs> I think Guardians of the Galaxy is like Mrs. Doubtfire in space and I don't fucking like it. <laughs> <laughs> what? What does that even mean? Please explain. So, okay, so you know how in the in all the Chris Columbus movies and Home Alone and Mrs. Doubtfire and Stepmother, like the kids start jamming out to like fucking like a uh, uh, Motown songs like randomly oh, throughout okay, the film, right. like during big character moments. <laughs> That's fucking Guardians of the Galaxy, guys. Um, again, I you know it's it, it was parts of it were funny. I thought the action was pretty bad in the movie. Um, uh, which is something I'm not used to saying with Marvel. And uh, I look forward to the sequel because now they've gotten through all the bullshit. I'll put it like that. Zach, uh, Derek, what do you what do you have to say about it? Oh, Zach, you can go ahead. Uh, I agree to a point. It wasn't high on my list, but I still really liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I came in. Uh, so I, I don't know if I liked it more because I'm such a fan of Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning's run mm-hmm. on the comic series. Mm-hmm. Or if my expectations were so high, I liked it less because of that. Like it's hard to really mm-hmm. get a get a hold on that. But I just thought it was a fun movie that had a a very unengaging story. Yeah, uh, in general, which is probably why it's funny. I mean, like let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a big part of it. But I, yeah, I I enjoyed it enough. I you know don't have strong words either way. It did make my top ten, mm-hmm. uh, but it was it was definitely not my favorite. That being said, it is one of the the only movies that I'm asking for for Christmas from my loved ones because I think it has a lot of rewatch value. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek? Yeah, well, I was... Um, I, I actually watched it last night um, again. And one thing that uh, I am I was impressed by with the movie overall is how much comedy they were able to get out of it and how relatable they managed to make um, the characters. Now, having said that, I don't think it's a particularly good sci-fi film, apart from the visual eye candy that you get throughout the film. But um, and some of the action, I think, is a little weak. um, To Troy's point, like particularly Star Lord, like some of the stuff he does is like really, I don't. It's sort of weird to say this, but sort of hokey. Like the way he shoots people. Um, You know, I'm a big John Woo fan, so I'm very particular about how people should get shot. 
<laughs> that's the that's the litmus test. That's the make or break for you. Yeah, yeah, and he's like pointing the gun, and it just shit happens. I don't know, but um, but overall, I mean, it is a fun film, and you know, Marvel gets points again, like with Thor for me, um, where they took something that shouldn't really work or might not make sense, but they do it well. Right. And um, and it's still fun, you know. It does yep. what it needs to do, and it was one of the biggest movies of the year, whether you like it or not. Right. Right. Um, I recall Troy liking a little bit more than what he's saying now, but maybe he had some time to think about his statement no. yeah. and read the history books a little bit. But it's, it's simmered on him a little bit. I feel like my my perspective hasn't changed much since uh, Troy and I talked about it on this show. I feel like. Uh, that accessibility really helped me enjoy the movie. It's not that I was really looking for something with wide appeal, but um, in the months that have followed, I've thought about what the things that I really like about it are. And and I do like that sense of fun. I, I like the elements that remind me of John Carter, which I think is a much maligned movie in its own right. And I think both of those things kind of appeal to me. I think it's a movie made... Uh, for me in the way that I didn't need to have, you know, read a comic run to really get the jokes, to get the in, the inside jokes. I felt like I was on even keel with the comic book readers when I saw it. Mm-hmm. I think, well, see, for me, it's, I'm in uh, I'm in kind of like a weird space. This is actually the Marvel comic I've never read. Right. Um, so I'm familiar with the Abnett and Landing run that like Zach was talking about. Like I'm familiar with Annihilation, but I never read that stuff. Like I have no frame of reference for Star Lord or Rocket Raccoon or any of those characters really, aside of like Gamora. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Drax, I think maybe, uh, but only as guest players. Like I have no strong attachments to these characters. Yeah. Um, and so I like I don't know personally. I just didn't like it as a movie. Yeah. You know, well, it is so. we it is weak, and we talked about this the, the flaws that it has with um, it's a big bad, it's it's story, all of it is kind of just enough there on the page and on the screen to mm-hmm. get this ensemble to have scenes together. You know, yeah, it's it's right. so bare bones, yeah. and I think part of that is the I think part of that kind of adds to its charm. Uh, it doesn't seem like like it uh, it did for you because I think maybe your expectation was this building that Marvel has been doing, this universe building. And and I think that Guardians of the Galaxy is so kind of atypical because, like you said, they're in this phase now where they can have their little uh, side run. They don't have Mm -hmm. to be building to the next phase. They don't need to be building to the next story arc with this one. This one Mm -hmm. felt like its own encapsulated thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's genius. Like, I mean, like, seriously, like, hats off to him, man. Like, I think it's... I, I, I want to see Marvel movies for the next yeah. you know twenty fucking years. So I'm like I'm I'm okay with it. Um, one last thing, uh, I'll move on. I actually talked to a friend of mine from uh, from Trinidad, and uh, he had a he had a very interesting take on this, um, which I think actually kind of uh, informs the fact informs why the film is so big here. It's not this number one film here, but it's not the number one film overseas. Um, his perspective was that it's a very American film. Yeah, I can see Oh, yeah, that. totally. Yeah. And I never thought about that until he said that. But then I thought about that and I was like, wow, yeah, it really freaking is. Like, it's 
it's like such a stereotypical American film. Well, how is that? How is that movie more American than the movies that we're saying are doing well overseas? Is it just is is Expendables just based on star power? I mean, those movies seem like they're extremely American to me. I think it's based on star power. Yeah, because it's it's more of an international cast. Like you know, we kind of forget that because we see a bunch. Like you know, we forget sure, that sometimes because sure. we see we see white guys and we go, it's, it's you know, it's not an international cast, but it's because we're Americans. Right. Right. Um, but like, you know, ultimately it's really, what you really have there is like, Sly is like the only American. Sure. And, uh, Terry Crews, of course, is like the one black guy. Jason Statham's British, Jet Li when he's in it. Um, and like, you know, Dolph Lundgren and like, you know, it's like a, you know, it just, yeah. it, it, it speaks very specifically. Yeah. Right. You know? so even in the second one, um, for the Expendables, there's actually a, the female lead in that movie was a famous Chinese actress. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I think and Jacqueline, you you Nan, I believe, but right. uh, but yeah, I, the inter, the key to international box office is um, it's a very strange one, and I think the the soundtrack, like in um, yeah. Galaxy, you know, if you don't understand the, the language music, that music ain't gonna translate this right. Same. There's a there's a cultural shorthand that I can agree there because mm-hmm. that cultural shorthand is seventies eighties kind of yeah. AM radio and yeah. those people. Um, the people outside of the United States, even the people who are reacclimating or appropriating it for their um, for their generation, like Generation Y, who are really much younger yeah. than me, um, mm-hmm. they're the ones that are also saying, you know, wow, this is something else because they never were exposed to it. But yeah, I can understand outside of the United States, that's it's got no frame of reference. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, also, I kind of feel like it's very much I, like you say Generation Y. I also think it's a very Generation X movie, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, just like the the musical choices, yeah, like, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah. Anything else about Guardians, guys? I think, no, I think you put it really well when you said, you know, you're not over the moon about it, but you're excited for the sequel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, OK. Uh, Sabotage is at number t- number nine. Um, D- Dave. Uh, Dave. Jesus. Greg. Yeah. Sorry. Um, you didn't. I. If I remember correctly, you didn't think too. You weren't too high on See, this one. See, this is a movie that you and I went to, and I yeah. think that we both had the same level of expectation. Now, like when <laughs> I when I think of Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger basically shaped my childhood. Every action movie that I saw with my father either had one of three actors in it, and usually Schwarzenegger movies were the ones I was looking forward to the most. Right. Now, what's that movie that The Last Stand? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Last Stand, I really, really enjoyed. You know, that was yeah. a movie that a yeah. lot of people kind of like, uh, kind of uh, undercut for being PG thirteen action, and his return was kind of, uh, you know, not as hard R and as uh, as hard action as they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. But I really liked The Last Stand, so my expectation yeah, going into Sabotage also factoring in the David Ayer, you know, connection, which I do like David Ayer. He's not a, uh, I think that he's gotten better as a director post end of watch, but as a, as a writer, he's always been pretty solid for me. Uh, if even if his movies have been kind of spotty, but with sabotage, man, I, I think when we had a conversation afterwards and I think that what I was trying to get to was, 
with Sabotage, it felt like it didn't know what it wanted to be. It was everything in the kitchen sink with what it was trying to to uh, latch onto, what type of genre it was being, what type of story it was telling, what characters it was um, following. Was it a murder mystery? Was it a cartel action movie? Like, so much of it seemed, like, uh, just uneven. And even though I really liked the, the action scenes in it, especially uh, towards the end, and I love... Yeah. You know, exactly. I love, uh, what's her name? Morel, Morel, yeah, Anos? The, the chick from the, the killing. She's so fucking good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, outside of that, I think even, even Schwarzenegger's charisma couldn't save it for me. I think the movie was just a mess. Mm. Uh, Derek. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have like the exact opposite to say to everything. <laughs> yeah. You didn't like Morel, you know, either. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I mean, like, I I didn't like The Last Stand because, um, like, so much of it was, like, jokey and, and, and to yeah. me, and, and disjointed. I mean, it really was, like, a ridiculous... It was like a, a an action film through, like, a, a periscope looking through a, a, right. a kaleidoscope. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so many different things going on, and, and I didn't think any of it was... Super well done. I mean, I understood where it was coming from and, and what it was supposed to represent. But for me, this was, um, like, in this en- ensemble cast, everyone did such a great job. You know, there was no weak performance going on. Right. Um, it was a man's man's movie Yeah. Um, yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, the the woman's performance, um, what, what I forget her, her name escapes me from The Killing. Yeah, Morel, yeah. Morel Enos. Enos, yeah. Morel, yeah, she was amazing throughout <laughs> Yeah, she's um, really good in that. Yeah, I mean, she manages to ma- to like outman everybody. <laughs> yeah, she totally does. And um, and you know, and and Schwarzenegger just being the alpha, and then um, such a great twist at the end, which I sort of saw coming, but <laughs> still, I mean, the movie did lose me towards the very end. Um, I mean, should I spoil it at this point? Or sure. yeah, yeah, we're gonna do spoilers on this one. Yeah, we gotta talk about this. In terms of spoilers, like for Arnold Schwarzenegger being the guy who did it, and just looking at the um, the, the the female cop and being like, "I took it," in <laughs> the Arnold voice. But um, I just thought that was great. But but then the ending happened where he's in a cowboy hat and it's he just shoots up. The <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, that's kind of kind of. But the the rest of the movie just totally made up for the weaknesses. Um, throughout, and it was a hard R action yeah. film, which yeah. was just a joy to watch. These that, that's that is that is one of the advantages. I do love seeing him in a hard R movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, what about- get their faces blown off. I can I can do that all day. <laughs> what about you, Zach? Uh, yeah, I also really liked Sabotage. Um, it wasn't on my list, but it was number eleven on my list, so it's you know <laughs> it's there. Uh, yeah, it was it was a good movie for me. I thought it was a great ensemble too. I've I've gone on record not liking Sam Worthington, and I thought he was. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. um, Olivia Williams as the cop was also a really interestingly written character, um, and it was just cool. It had a lot of a lot of good elements to it, um, and you didn't know where the story is going to take you because, you know, the just the the way he gets back in with his old team and things like that. Um, yeah, and no, some great gore. So that's that's yeah, all it is. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. Like, I actually, I like tough guy talk. <laughs> I think it's why I like the crime noir stuff, and I think that's why I like, you know, I, I Derek knows about this. I grew up on Larry Hama writing Wolverine, like in the '90s. Um, 
So stuff and stuff like so stuff like Predator with tough guys are just talking shit right. to each other all the time. I love it. Yes. Um, and so I yeah, I was totally on board with this. And like I thought it was decent all the way through. There was a lot of like, you know, twists and turns, like kind of going through like she's in like the 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 cop is into him, the cop's not into him, like, you know, stuff like that. But it was all charisma, you know? Yeah. And it, the charisma was there to just kind of string the plot together. And uh, the thing that sent it over the edge was the finale for me, um, because like that was probably the biggest takeaway from that film for me. So, yeah. in a good way or a bad way? No, in a good way. Okay. Now, when you talk about the finale, are you talking about him in the bar at the end? No, no, no. no I'm sorry. the The car chase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The car chase yeah. was great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, even uh, in that finale, there's that he he puts. I mean, this is again spoiler. Puts the guy's head into the ice in the urinal, <laughs> and puts the gun right on his head, shoots it, and we see the bullet hole form blood squirt out of it. And it's yeah. ridiculous. And yeah. Great. yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and in a second viewing, that didn't the the real finale didn't strike me as bad, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, that car finale, man, that was just all sorts of badass. Yeah. Everywhere, oh, crash. Yeah, yeah. brutal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think it's also just a pace thing. Like I felt like the movie maintained its pace for uh, the only time it didn't was that one moment with the car chase. Like you know, everything else was very consistent. It got consistently and consistent in tone, et cetera, et cetera. And like when it counted, they gave me something over the top. Right. Yeah. So I do agree that there's probably too many plot points going on. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. You know, it, it got a bit too twisty turny. When mm-hmm. if it probably went a certain direction, it probably would have been a much better movie. But yeah, you know. And I and I think that's just like the classic, like you know, we don't have a much of a story here, so let's just load it up with, with people who can talk a lot of shit, right? And let's just load it up with some twists and turns, right? And we know what the action beats are, you know. And for that, it worked for me. Um, all right, number eight, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Did not see it. That is hateful words. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I just do not feel the another need for another Planet of the Apes movie. I, you know, I, do, I, was, I was right there. About it. I was right there with you, man. But like, I actually, our, our good buddy Patrick, he swore up and down that I need to see the first one. And I did. And I was like, I need to see the second one. But I did not um, like the first one. Really? Wow. Yeah, then you, might, then you might not like the second one. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um, Zach, your thoughts on Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Uh, yeah, this was not just my favorite action movie of the year, but my favorite movie of the year overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just really worked for me. It was uh, um, for people that did like Rise. Um, mm-hmm. I think it did a lot of the stuff that Rise did, but mm-hmm. better in general. Um, mm-hmm. You know, more action, more emotion. Spent more time with the apes, which was a big issue people had with the, the previous one mm-hmm. um and uh but it was it was thematically really interesting because it mm-hmm. got into you know the culture they can't speak to each other mm-hmm. you're right how they how they're literally walking a razor's edge yeah. of of can they can they cohabitate yeah and it was really interesting to me I mean, honestly, this is probably one of this is the best directed movie of the year, as far as I'm concerned. Um, And that is because of that complete and total Wally opening, (laughs) (laughs) where nobody says shit. But like, I mean, I'm not even gonna I'm gonna be honest here, guys. There's a there's a moment early in the film where I like I was like, oh shit, I think I'm having feelings about this. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's, I mean, they do such a great job humanizing yeah. the freaking apes. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing. Well, it took, it took is it to an this- ape giving birth. Is it something like that, like real cheesy where they're having like a family moment or something? Actually, yeah, that's funny. I that's mean, exactly that, it, yeah. That, that, yeah, that is it, actually. <laughs> Derek, why did you, why do you just have so much hatred in your heart? Let's talk about that. <laughs> As a, as a father too, come on. Yeah. Um, no, he just totally derailed derailed this emotional moment. No, I, I I gotta say, let me let me bring let me bring it back around. I, I gotta uh, say that like um, there was a reticence in me, like even though I loved uh, Rise, um, there was a reticence in me talking to one of my friends going into seeing the movie. My girlfriend loved it, and she was really looking forward to seeing Dawn. And um, I was talking to my friend, and he he just was not excited about watching a movie that was fronted by CGI. Uh, uh, apes talking mm. to each other and I think at this point it, this movie couldn't have been made until now and now yeah. that it's being made and you have that sort of motion capture and that level of CGI authenticity yeah. and precision it's so fucking superb that I, I gotta say I think that this is the Planet of the Apes movie that uh, was set out to be made even back in the 60s yeah, if yeah, they true. didn't have to have men in suits they wouldn't have made it that way no you're absolutely right so yeah, I think that right. technically I think technically this is a superb movie yeah. I think uh, the story the acting the, the fucking motion capture acting is so moving that I think that this is what was intended with Planet, Planet of the Apes yeah yeah it's, um, it's so good that it features a monkey on horseback <laughs> screaming, shooting two machine guns, and we haven't even mentioned that yet. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's so, it's so funny because I remember during the initial wave of uh, Transformers ads, like everybody was like, robots on dinosaurs. And I was like, nah, man, apes on horseback with machine guns. Like, that's where it's at this summer. <laughs> yeah, I do like, I yeah, I've heard. See it. I guess, I guess yeah. I gotta see it. I don't know. I mean, like, I've heard people complain about the human characters, but I think that's actually the, the the interesting thing about the movie is, like, the human characters are, like, yeah, they're 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 not the important figures they're, in the story. A, they're not supposed to be fleshed out as much no. as the, the apes are. No, because yeah. they, and I think that's the brilliance of what Matt Reeves did is, like, he put them on even playing field. Yeah. Because you're walking into this, like, kind of uncanny valley with these CGI apes. Right. So you're already kind of, like, at a loss for actual, like, you know, real-life references. Exactly. You know, like these, like these super apes that can talk to each other and shit. Um, And then like, and so you, but you already have that shorthand for the humans. So you have to take away that shorthand, you know, Um, and kind of put them on narratively on an even playing field. And I think the movie did that perfectly because you, you side with both of them during the course of the film. And that was like, I think that was a purpose. Absolutely. I will give some credence to that argument just because Mm -hmm. so when the, the apes actually attack the human camp, Mm-hmm. None of the humans that we know are in the camp. So, actually, I didn't care for the humans at all at that point. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted the apes to come in and wreck shit. Uh, <laughs> so, I would have liked, even if it's just as simple as, you know, a few minutes of people cracking jokes and, oh, hey, that guy's name is Billy. You know, mm-hmm. he's cool. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it, but that's a simple thing that didn't bug me too much, but it's, mm-hmm. it's something that I did notice. Yeah, no, no. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I can see some of the criticism for it. But yeah, I've heard people say that like Carrie Russell's per- character was under uh, underwritten. Also, I'm like, well, they all were kind of underwritten. They were kind of they really were like allowed to be the most basic, decent humans. Yeah, the humans with lines. I was fine with them. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Uh, number seven, 22 Jump Street. I think like the, the Chunny... Oh, God, I can't talk. The 22 Jump Street franchise is like the biggest surprise for me of the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an enjoyable one. It's a very funny one. And the second one was, I, I, the second one had me rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I did see it twice. And, um, you know, it was, I just love how it, it I think it's more, it's sort of like um, those movies like uh, Police Academy or um, some other, you know, great 80s, early 90s comedies where they're self-aware, but you're having so much fun with it, you just let them do it and let them get away with it. And, and you just have a good time. And it, those movies sort of managed to capture that. Yeah. And, um, you know, Channing Tatum, uh, Jonah Hill, great chemistry, great supporting cast. I mean, it's not Oscar-worthy, but, I mean, it's just a really enjoyable, fun experience. And also, the directors of those films, um, I believe it's F- uh, Phil Lord and, and Chris something or other, mm-hmm. um, they're having a banner banner year yeah because they had they had the lego movie right yeah <clears throat> they did the lego movie and thanks to that sony hack we know that um they were being courted to head up um like the sony entertainment skunk works or yeah. something yeah so um, they're on a roll they're there it's uh oh. it's phil lord and christopher miller okay there you go and they also wrote cloudy with a chance of meatballs apparently yeah yeah Interesting. Which and I enjoy, but the cloudy with a chance of meatballs readers hate. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because it's nothing like the book or something. All, all five of them, right? <laughs> I, I got to say, 22 Jump Street is kind of disappointing to me. Um, I thought 21 Jump Street was was the, the dark horse, the big surprise. Mm-hmm. And 22 Jump Street... Um, it does this thing where you ex- what you expect about a, a sequel is that it's more of the same and it plays up that meta wink-wink humor. But mm-hmm. I think that it relies too much on it. Um, and I'm going to be interested in re-watching it. I only saw it once in the theater. I'm going to be interested in re-watching it and see how much it holds up because I don't think that that meta wink-wink, nudge-nudge humor... Um, really works as well as the first one. I think that a movie based on that completely is almost like um, a parody. It's almost like, you know, Naked Gun. Mm. So I'd be interested in seeing it again. You know, Greg, I I actually think you've got a great point there um, because it is so self-aware and um, like like a movie like Airplane can still be funny, but I remember watching um, Airplane with some kids. Yeah. And when I was was babysitting, so this is like 10 years ago. Right. um, And... um, it's very funny to imagine me as a babysitter. <laughs> but, but a lot of the jokes, like the Hare Krishna jokes and sure. some other jokes, like, went totally over their heads. Sure. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, because there's a lot of very topical stuff for that exactly. time. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, the thing that people still hold over is basically the credit sequence, which is basically an escalating amount of jokes on sequels. And I love that stuff, but, like, the movie, I just feel like overall, even though. It it's um it is a vehicle for comic gags. Like the first one, at least felt like it had a, a, a story more than a skeleton to to facilitate those comic gags. This one just felt like it was okay. How do we get them into this next situation? Uh, at least in my in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, as much as I do agree with what Greg's saying, um, at the end of the day, it still still made me laugh. It didn't have the surprise factor of of the first one. Um, 
and I get that, but it was it was still, I don't know, it was still just quite funny for me. Um, but uh, also, it's interesting that you know, because we're talking about a comedy on a, a top ten action movies uh, mm-hmm. list, and it's it works. Some of the action stuff is good the way it spoofs that, like when uh, Channing Tatum jumps off like Spider Man when he's doing all the parkour. <laughs> that, that flat fight that Jonah Hill has with the uh, Jillian Bell towards the end. Yeah, it's just those are some really funny moments that are also action scenes, and I, I thought that that was an interesting part of it is how much because I would not consider Twenty One Jump Street an action movie. I did consider yeah. this an action movie. Interesting. Yeah, it it does play. It does have some great sight gags, and to the point where they actually have a, a Benny Hill homage in there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and, and and that's the little stuff I appreciate. And um, you know, and it, and it it did have some really like it did play off the whole relationship with um, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, and the whole him becoming a jock and uh, Jonah Hill with the art crowd. I know it was pretty obvious and and self explanatory, but I don't know. I just thought it it was clever, and they actually did try and and take that as far as it could go. Um, but yeah, it was it was an enjoyable film. It might not age well, but. Um, you know, it's it's very good of the moment. But interesting enough, um, you know, Lego, the Lego movie, I think, is going to suffer from the same thing. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably, I'm, I'm, I usually stay away from comedies, and I stood away, I stayed, I stayed away from this one. Um, and it's just because, like, I can't think of anything worse than sitting in a movie for two hours and not laughing. Um, <laughs> no, wait a minute, you didn't go see it because of the fear that you weren't going to laugh? Well, I just like I like you know people have told me like oh, oh, oh like I've had in the past people say go see this is hilarious and I watch it I'm like like this is the end I watched this is the end I was like this is fucking stupid nah. you know so this is in a totally empty movie theater and it was a terrible fucking experience this, this is the end yeah that's a that's a movie that's kind of held up as being really funny I think that it it really it really sucks a lot of it <laughs> I, I don't I think a comedy more than anything else hinges on a packed crowd. Yeah, because I was actually laughing at some parts of this is the end, but I was the only guy laughing in a giant fucking room. Right, and <laughs> there was other people there, but I'd like look at them like you think this is funny, right? And they weren't <laughs> looking at me; they were looking at the screen. And it just felt weird. <laughs> but you, you know, you know what, guys? But the thing is that with action movies, there's less subje- subjectivity. Exactly. You're with with comedy; it's absolutely subjective. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's and I think that's a key thing. There's levels of subjectivity. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, I think that yeah, like like you said, like certain genres, there are just certain things that we all know we're getting ourselves into. And comedy, it's kind of like there's all sorts of comedy. Comedy is a very broad thing. Action is kind of very specific in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, no, uh, you're absolutely right. And going back to Guardians of the Galaxy, um, I remember someone telling me this when I was in college. The reason action movies play well overseas is because they are action. Right. And, you know, action is universal. Violence is universal. Right. Yeah. Comedy has a lot of cultural overtones Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. I mean, just Guardians of the Galaxy had a lot of comedy in Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's and, why the movies that, that, um, that do well here that uh, are comedies from from China or from Japan get accused of being too Western because they don't necessarily appeal to their cultures, but they appeal to our culture. Yeah. Like Shanghai, uh, not Shanghai, um, uh, Shaolin soccer. Shaolin mm-hmm. soccer is such a Westernized movie. Yeah. You think so? Really? That's I think so. Yeah. Uh-huh. I get, there's definitely a Mary, there's a Mary melodies influence, like very, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Well, I mean, other movies that are huge in Europe don't do well here. Like the, the Jean Reno um, film with the knights 
coming in the modern times, mm-hmm. which was like the highest grossing film in France ever, right. um, mm-hmm. got re-released here with Christina Applegate and Jean Renault, and no one in America went to see it. Right. Well, I think that that's that's very much a cultural thing. Like that's like for the same exactly. reason that. That's the same reason that Thor does very good over here, over like over in Europe. You know, like it's, it's, it's just one of those things, and like Captain America does like better over here. You know, yeah. well, and Chris Hemsworth is a, uh, um, English. He's is Australian. He Australian? Yeah. He's Australian. He's Australian. Yeah. Australian. There you go. Yeah. But. Also, he's he's the next Mel Gibson. So, <laughs> <laughs> are you saying that he's going to have a racist I- drunk breakdown? Well, no, I was going to say in terms of... I was, I was thinking more in terms of star power. Not I'm interested to see him in the new Michael Mann movie coming out. Yeah, yeah. I know. Me too. Um, okay, uh, number six, guys. Fury. You had to get uh, more David Ayer on this list. Yeah, I was going to say, this is actually two for two for David Ayer. Um, I, I want to consider this my revenge because Derek wouldn't let me put End of Watch on the list uh, two years ago. So I'm making up for it here. Now this is a now now this is a movie I haven't. You were were, were against it. You were against it. Why were you against it? I don't think. I think it was just. I think it was a matter of like it came down to like one of us had seen it and one of us hadn't, and he wasn't comfortable like throwing that out there. Well, with Fury, let me ask you something. I haven't seen this movie. Is it really? Is it really that good as an action movie? I think in terms of like war movies, yeah. Um, I think that it's very hard to do anything that's different or interesting anymore, especially World War II movies because we've done a million of those. Sure. Um, and I think this actually managed to present something new. Interesting. Let, let me let me put it this way: I've like, as far as tank films go, mm-hmm. um, and and I've seen like one good tank film, and it was about a Russian tank um, stranded in in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and the crew the of beast, the right? tank had to deal with that. What? what movie was that? Is that the Beast? I don't. It may be the Beast. I saw it a long time ago. Um, but but this is probably the best tank film that's ever really been made, and it it's um, and it's also a great man movie again, like Sabotage, and it's got some great performances all around, and I I, I I'm struggling to com- to who to compare David Ayers to maybe the new um, um, <laughs> please please tell me who David Ayers the new I would actually say Tony Scott he might be the closest thing to Tony Scott I was gonna say John McTiernan maybe when it's wow. prime. Wow, yeah. those are some, well, some. That might not be the best one. Those but. are some ballsy proclamations from you too. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> no, but I, I, I mean, I think it's it's, uh, it's just a great ensemble cast and yeah. such defined characters that that aren't like totally fucking glib or yeah. totally fake. You know what I mean? And yeah. you know, and he is sticking to certain like uh, pigeonholes, sure, but he's getting great performances well, of actors. And when he's breaking out of uh, L.A cops especially la dirty cops I'm, I'm always happy when he's kind of branching out right. so he's actually you know he's he, he looks like he's he's at least branching out into telling new stories i have I, I it's not that i didn't want to see fury i just didn't get around to seeing it i'm i'm actually i have high expectation for it yeah yeah no, i think it's, it's definitely I, his best i think it's his best movie oh really okay yeah and like um like to the point that i wonder if he'll actually maintain this and like go go even bigger or right. like if this is just it for him. Right. But I think I don't know. I think the Tony Scott comparison is pretty fair, to okay. be honest. Um, Zach, your mm. thoughts on Fury? Uh, I did like Fury. I liked uh, Sabotage a little more just mm. for some context there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought all the action was incredibly well staged. Uh, mm. Some of those tank fights were 
uh, were fantastic, and there's mm-hmm. some some great, really gritty violence. Um, and the performances, I, I liked, especially like John Barenthal. Thought he was really good in that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I thought I did think as a movie that it was very, um, very episodic. There wasn't there wasn't too much of a through line. I thought some of the characters were like were a touch inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some scenes, you're actually terrified of them. Yeah, they're... no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> and some yeah. scenes are totally cool. Yeah, uh, but it was. Uh, it's just. I think. It, I think it's a great movie that that could have used a slightly better script. You know, um, but it, it did work for me. I, I did quite like it. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. I think the movie was actually too small and too short. And there's a lot. There, they could have gone a lot deeper um, with this cast and and with the story. And I thought it was a bit convenient the ending again. Um, yeah. Um, you know how it how it sort of wraps itself up. But um, I, I, I don't know. There's just so much more that could have been done, but what they did do was really good. I agree, yeah. Zach, let me ask you. Are you referring to the scene where, they, uh, where they're um, having dinner? Yep. With the German <laughs> girls? Okay, yeah. I, and I, I thought about that too. But here, uh, the interesting thing is the way that that scene played out. Um, one of the characters, one of the more terrifying characters actually, um, says, like pretty much openly states that he was just really pissed. They, first of all, that they're drunk. Right. But also that he was really pissed about the fact that he chose to take the new kid and have and have this moment right. over over them, you know, and I like and I felt the same way too as I was watching that scene. But that last bit kind of like cemented it for me. And I mean, uh, I like I like that it dares to make the characters unlikable. I mean, I think yeah. that was a cool cool move. Um, mm-hmm. But I just compared it, you know. Also speaking of sabotage. There's a somewhat similar scene where Oliver Williams first comes in to interview Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. and it's after a funeral, mm-hmm. and they're all drunk and they're they're being really aggressive with her as well. Yeah, that's right. And it, it was a very similar scene. It was interesting to me because I, th- I thought it worked a little better in Sabotage. But uh, mm-hmm. like, like I said, Fury was was good. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, let's see here. Let's uh, continue forward. Uh, stretch at number five. What the uh. fuck is this movie? <laughs> I don't yeah. know what Stretch or Raise is. I gotta uh, be honest, Greg. I watched the first part of Stretch um, the other day, and I, I didn't finish the movie. Oh, so wow! wow. <laughs> There's a variety of reasons, but I—it's I, number five on your website's top ten. You well, haven't seen it? In no particular order. <laughs> no kidding. particular order. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Tell me uh, what Stretch is. I don't know what that is. Um, it's a movie from uh, the guy who did um. Uh, smoking aces, okay. Uh, okay. and uh, it was supposed to get a theatrical release apparently uh, earlier this year, but did not, and so ended up on Netflix. Joe Carnahan, yeah, Joe Carnahan. Gotcha. Um, and so uh, I actually think it's probably one of his better movies, to be honest. Um, I was one of those people that I saw the eighteen, which mm-hmm. he also did, and like expected like absolutely like nothing from it, and kind of came up kind of like, man, that actually wasn't too bad. Interesting. Um, and yeah, it's just about this this LA limo driver uh, who um, who takes pretty much like a, a passenger who makes his life a living hell, and that passenger is actually Chris Pine's Captain Kirk. Ah, uh, okay. This is um, this is starting to sound familiar now. Yeah, um, and it's just kind of like his misadventures throughout um, LA's CD nightlife, um, and like him trying to, of course, win a girl back and all this other stuff. And honestly, it reminded me again of a very '90s tone. 
Um, it reminded me of actually that post Pulp Fiction period in the late '90s, where everybody did an ensemble yeah. crime film, yeah. and it was all about. It was very much about LA, yeah. and it was kind of like tongue in cheek. Yeah, it's such I an mean, LA film. Yeah, it's so LA. Yeah, it very much is. But you're right. The the cast is amazing. I mean, Jessica Alba's in there. Ray Liotta has a cameo. David Hasselhoff has a pretty funny cameo. Um, I did want to finish it. I mean, I I had to do dad stuff, and I was also sick, so I probably passed out. So I, I don't want to totally write the movie off. Um, there were some good elements to it, but um, I don't know. It, it was very over the top, especially Chris Pine's character. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I uh, love Chris Pine's character. Yeah, I thought it was good, too. Uh, Zach, yeah, what were your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, it's funny that you mention it as a kind of a 90s throwback. Cause I felt it very much reminded me of an 80s throwback, uh, mm. like a Scorsese's After Hours. Yeah. The yeah. movie Blind Date with Bruce Willis and Kim Basinger. Yep, you're right. See, yeah. you're, you're, you're selling it to me. This is my wheelhouse. Yeah, now it's, I a, see it. you know, it's a one crazy night in a guy's life. It's very much a writer's movie. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, internal monologue and things like that, but it... Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's one of those things we were talking about how comedy is subjective, and it's it's just a very funny movie. And if you think it, if it speaks to you, then uh, I think you're gonna like it. Interesting. Um, and it was intense. It worked as an act. There was a lot of, you know, gunplay and chases and just fun things. Patrick Wilson, I think, is a a, a very charismatic leading man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Patrick Wilson is a limo limo driver, and I was actually glad to see him as a lead in something. Yeah. Um, because yeah, like I, yeah, I thought he was great in Watchmen. Um, I think he's great in like pretty much everything I've seen him in. Right. Uh, so the Conjuring. Speaking of that, mm-hmm. he's What's so that? funny. A Team. Speaking of that movie, that's right. And I forgot that he was actually in the A Team. So yeah. No, I, I think you're actually right about Patrick Wilson. He's one of those guys that he's not under the radar. He's he's pretty much out of the radar, but he just hasn't caught on mm-hmm. with everybody else. Yeah. No, yeah, and I think you're right. Like he's always going. It looks like he's going to be like kind of in a bridesmaid position for a while. Um, but he's a great actor. And, like, yeah, I was just like, yeah, like the movie, again, it's just a movie that's all charisma with some action beats plugged in. Um, and I, I I can appreciate that, you know. Um, number four, guys, guys, guys. <laughs> the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Hell yes. Um, I, you know, I was reluctant to call this my favorite Marvel film for a bit. But I'm going to go out there and say that it probably is. I'm I'm with you, hands down. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's coming from somebody who didn't know anything about Anthony and Joe Russo. Loved Joss Whedon. Um, so, and I'm putting it over the Avengers. Um, I actually like thought it was just like amazing. The action is so much. Oh my god, the action mm-hmm. just melts your face off. That it fucking does. that fucking uh, uh, car chase with Sam Jackson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that- that martial arts scene with uh, Bat Rock the Leaper at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very mm-hmm. well choreographed scene. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like it's done very tightly. Like, you know, like it, it's, it's, again, it's like, you know, it's very much like, you know, like the, all these things are going to be like built around action beats. That's kind of like the most defining characteristic of all these films. Yeah. And um, I just love that, uh, you know, again, I'm, this is where I, this is where I pull up the 90s stuff. Like so much of the action reminded me of 90s action films. Yeah, I can see that. You know, it reminded me of stuff like it reminded me of stuff like Heat. It reminded me of like Die Hard with a Vengeance. Like, you know, it reminded me of all that stuff. And like, I think that was like the perfect 
tone for this. Right. And I, I'm like, I want to see them maintain that tone because it's the right tone for Captain America in right. 2014. Well, it's it's perfect too, coming off of where the the phases have gone and this kind of uh, mm-hmm. mistrust with uh, with uh, Shield. Yeah. I think that that kind of level, kind of bringing in kind of a 70s conspiracy thrillers, is a perfect match for the tone of where where Marvel is right now in this phase. Mm-hmm. I think it's perfect. Yeah, no, and, and like, uh, how great is it that they got freaking Robert Redford too? Superb, amazing. Like, I mean, and like, he never chop chop scenery. He's just like, yeah. you know what? I've been here long enough, and I'm gonna do it. Yeah. You know, and it's just like it's very matter of fact. He's you know he's just he's so dead on about yeah. it. Like the entire I love I love this arc too because it, it you know for someone who who might know uh, who Robert Redford is, if you look at the arc of his career and mm-hmm. and where he fits in to spy thrillers, yeah. he's gone from being the guy who um, kind of went to the press with the big uh, conspiracy in Three Days of the Condor mm-hmm. to the uh, the former kind of hippie who was anti the man in uh, in um, sneakers mm-hmm. to uh, a, a company man who still was working on the edges and trying to um, trying to defy the company to protect Brad Pitt in Spy, oh, spy Game in Spy yeah. Game to <laughs> this movie where he is completely the company he is man. The bad guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's so interesting to see that that his his career go in that in that trajectory. Yeah, and don't forget about all the president men. Oh, all yeah. the president's men, another political thriller. Exactly. Like, yeah, no. I, yeah, I just I, I absolutely adore this movie. And like if I had to have a number one, I think this would probably be it. Um that said, uh, Derek, your thoughts on The Winter Soldier? I thought it was very enjoyable. Um, I mean, it was intense. It's probably the best action movie uh, Marvel's made uh, so far. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, if I had to choose, um, I'd still say um, I still love the first Captain America on purely sentimental reasons. Yeah. Um, but Avengers, to me, is still the perfect Marvel movie. But but this movie is so good on, on a, a couple different levels. I, I still think it suffers from, I don't know, the the sin of convenience, which probably every Marvel film does to a certain level. But um, it was just really good all around. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, again, it just lacks weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's like it's super strong. And, like, yeah, just the way they orchestrate those sequences in the movie. Um, right. And, yeah, like the convenience factor – I think like the convenience factor with the Marvel movies is, for me anyway, a trial by trial basis. Like I think that's like I, I'm glad you brought that up. I think like Guardians to me is too convenient. Yeah. Um, yeah. Captain America: The Winter Soldier is only really convenient in the last like ten minutes, <laughs> you know. And so like I can really appreciate that about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and but these the the movies do what they need to do, and. God, I was going to say something. Oh, what I really liked about this was that they actually... I feel like with the Captain American movies moving forward, mm-hmm. sort of like the Avengers movies, like, he's really the linchpin character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, like, um, you have Robert Downey Jr., who's the biggest star. He's probably getting the most money. Mm-hmm. But I think everything's really hinging on Captain America, his relationship with S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. and, and that moving forward. Yeah. Even the next and- Captain America film is going to be the Civil War film. Yeah, exactly. Like he's he's a major he's a major cornerstone, exactly. um, which is how it should be. To be perfectly honest, like I like, and that's the other thing I appreciate is like Marvel. It's been so easy for Marvel to just kind of make Robert Downey Jr. like the de facto leader of like the of the universe and of uh, the team and all that stuff. And I think any other Hollywood studio would have. 
Um, but Marvel's sticking to their guns on that. And um, yeah, I just I love the shit out of this movie. I think it's great. Um, I was going to point out actually one cool thing that I noticed uh, uh, watching the Avengers again is about a quarter into the film um, when they're having the argument in on the helicarrier and Captain America walks in with one of the guns um, from the Hydra from that's uh, you know, on the helicarrier that Hydra like Shield has been saving from Hydra. Um, he openly states that Phase Two is a part is the part where Shield makes weapons. Yeah, like he says that right. flat out in the fucking movie, <laughs> right. in Avengers, and then of course that's what happens on Winter in Winter Soldier. Right, and I was like, that's really cool. Like two years later, there's the payoff. Like that's freaking crazy. Um, cool. Anything else to say about Winter Soldier before we move on? Uh, I, I was just gonna say how how much I love that. T- to your point, is how much they did the character justice. Mm-hmm. Um, when Chris Evans was first cast, I was kind of oh, but will I believe him barking yeah. to the arrogant Robert Downey Jr. version of Tony Stark? Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, they paid it off, but this movie really sold it home and makes me pumped for Civil War. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, all right, number three, guys. 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 <laughs> did every single time. Um, Edge of Tomorrow. Now, uh, this... I- this mm-hmm. uh, fantastic, fantastic, uh, Troy. When we talked about this, man, I again, I go back to like people come out of the woodwork of of criticizing uh, that Tom Cruise doesn't have range, and mm-hmm. like when you fit him into this movie, which is you know per- perfect sci-fi, perfect time travel. I love you know uh, being put in a in a kind of um, a loop of a story seeing how things play out in little mm. increments and everything and how they kind of plug that in to the 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 larger sci-fi story mm. but um it, there is not another movie star that i can imagine handling this movie and mm. him being matched up with emily blunt i think is probably my favorite uh couple of the year in a movie yeah, yeah. I, I think I, yeah, it's interesting. I think this is where, uh, like, I think this is why it is important that objectivity comes into play with like entertainment critics. Yeah. Because I think this is like this is kind of like the perfect example of, you know, what what he does outside of these movies is not relevant. Sure. And I think that that was a major deterrent, especially here in the U.S., um, for why people didn't see the film. Um, and I think that a lot of the negative reviews that I've actually seen from the film are pulling from that. Right. Like it's about they make it about Scientology, and it's like, no, dude, this is just a sci-fi film. Like, like just just enjoy the fucking movie. I don't care about this guy's personal politics. Right. I don't care about Brooke Shields and all that bullshit. I don't care, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, and yeah, and I and like I, I think that this was actually the one time that it actually kind of ended up in his favor because the movie got overwhelmingly positive reviews. Yeah. Um, and the guy just works so damn hard, man. Yeah. He really does. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah, love this movie. I think uh, Tom Cruise gave, gave one of his more unique performances than mm-hmm. we've seen in a while, I think. Because mm-hmm. he starts out as this sniveling bastard. And mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of fun to see him grow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I think the movie in general does a good job of, of selling this this kind of strange concept like there's a lot of exposition that they need to get through mm-hmm. to explain this to us and they do a great job of it emily blunt's great in it and i think mm-hmm. uh the action is is fun i mean it gets, it gets a little cgi heavy towards the end right uh, yeah. but it's it's it really it really is is cool and works for me it was uh um 
And I think, and we were talking about themes for action movies of the year. Mm-hmm. And one of the themes that, that I kind of saw popping up, at least in what I liked, is that, you know, we look at last year and we had stuff like, uh, like Man of Steel and some of these darker action movies. And a lot of the action movies this year were fun, you know? Yeah. And they, yeah. they prioritized fun over, over some other things. Yeah, dark and gritty, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, you can go dark and still be fun the way, you know, Sabotage and Fury are very dark and gritty, but there's, mm-hmm. they, they loved violence to a point. You know mm-hmm. kind of what they're really saying is that, hey, look at this head explode. <laughs> uh, and I thought Edge of Tomorrow had that element more than any other movie this year. It, it just yeah. it really had a good sense of humor about itself. It did. Um, yeah, and no, I like, I, like, yeah, I really did like the diversity of this year in terms of like the types of films we got. Um, Derek, what were your thoughts on Edge of Tomorrow? I I was pleasantly surprised by it. Mm. Um, I mean, we had we over the course of this year, you and me, uh, Troy, particularly, talked a lot about. Tom Cruise, this movie, um, the flack that Tom Cruise gets, the reasons why he gets it. And I think this movie really typifies why, you know, he is an American treasure, American acting treasure. Mm-hmm. And and you're right, he does work so damn hard. He hasn't really made a bad film. Um, he, well, he's made some bad films, but he's made so many good ones. He's worked with so many good directors. I mean, yeah. Jack and, Reacher is one of those movies that completely sideswipes you because you expect it to be one thing. At least I know the mainstream audience does. And mm-hmm. that movie ends up being quite fucking good based yeah. solely on his performance. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. I mean, people forget he's a great actor. You know, that's how he got started. He wasn't an action movie in the 80s like Stallone or Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was a child star who did a bunch of good performances throughout his career. And then in like the mid 90s after Mission Impossible, you know, he started doing action films. Yeah, yeah. And and those pay the bills, which is great. But but he's a great actor. People forget mm-hmm. that about him. But anyway, going back to the movie itself, it is a great example of good storytelling, you know, making a good movie. Yeah. Um, the special effects. I did have a problem with some of the special effects, the bad guys, you know, and it and it was literally just like how they were shown. I, I think it would have been better if they slowed it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you could see more of what's going on. Right. It sort of suffered from that. Mo- it was like the the modern editing curse that we have to deal with where you don't really see what's happening. It's just flashes and flashes and flashes. Right, right. But there was like just, that Transformers too many moving pieces. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And the movie did suffer for it, but it was still such a good movie. It was such a fun movie that it, you, you really end up forgiving it by the end. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, it, it is just a good solid film. Yeah. No, and I think actually, I think that's a reoccurring theme actually with this is like, you know, from Guardians to 22 Jump Street to Stretch uh, to Winter Soldier, even in Edge of Tomorrow. Like, if you can make it fun, you can kind of get away with anything. Um, And I think that's kind of like the flaw of, like Zach was saying, like, of trying to make these things a little too serious. Is the more serious you make them, the harder they are to, like, take seriously. Right. Well, I think Um, Guardians of the Galaxy is the biggest example of that this year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, that movie could have failed so hard. Yeah. It really was the humor and the the characters that really did save that movie. Yeah. Even yeah. to that point, Captain America is such an unironic character. Yeah. That you think he wouldn't work at all, and, you know, they did it. Right. Yeah, right. And that's what I mean. Like, you know, it's, uh, he's, there's like a level of, uh, of self-awareness that is comfortable for these things. And there's a level that's like almost too much. Okay. Uh, number two guys, we're getting down to a snow piercer. Greg, 
your thoughts on Snowpiercer, sir? Because I know you loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, you know, coming from you know the director and and seeing him uh, finally make it over here uh, from Korea, I love the host. I love. Yeah. I love almost all the movies that he's he's made. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's it is. Um, it's it's kind of that gateway where he's making a, a perfect amalgam of something that would play well to Western audiences and and sci-fi is one of those places. Action is one of them, mm-hmm. but sci-fi also whenever you can you can tap in to the imagination. Um, I think that this movie uh, fits perfectly into being understood regardless of where you come from. I think it really is a is a, a international movie in more than one respect but then you also have an international cast you have uh this great philosophizing which i think works uh at least for most of the movie even though it might fall apart a little bit towards the end Mm -hmm. but overall it just feels like i'm gonna say this right now to me it feels like the most video game movie ever made it's it's just that it's that you know uh um getting to each next level Mm -hmm. and each level is its own encapsulated form and you're learning a little more about the story as you go on and you might you know you go into you eventually get to the big boss and uh you know the in this case you know the it's not always action and violence is the answer to the um the problems in this movie but the action scenes in and of themselves are fantastic mm. so you, would you say it's more video gamey than edge of tomorrow it's a, I, I understand that yeah, yeah yeah i would say both of them very much serve that i, I mean obviously the thing that you're coming from with with edge of tomorrow is kind of that reset but yeah. with uh with um the way that i mean with um with snowpiercer is so much of this kind of graduating through uh each level through each train car and it's like it's its own ecosystem as you're moving right. on not only are you learning more about the story and the philosophy of why they are in this situation uh but you are you know you're getting its own little you get a hammer fight in this car and in this car you're going to right. you know have a revelation and all that yeah i love the 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 girl from newsroom i can't remember her name right now but oh, yeah, the yeah. one she she's pregnant and she starts shooting up the play she's great she's great yeah yeah um derek your thoughts on snowpiercer um didn't we see it together yeah we did mm-hmm. yeah we saw it at the afi mm-hmm. um i i liked it i mean it was um it was it was one of those high concept movies that that really it runs with the kind con- i know it's i know it was based on a graphic novel yeah. I think was in development hell for a long time. Yeah. Um, people have been trying to make this into a movie for years. Mm-hmm. And um, and I don't know, it, it just takes the concept, it, it gets the details right, great performances. And I think this is like, um, it re- this really was like South, the, South Korea's love letter to the rest of the world yeah. mm-hmm. in terms of getting them to appreciate the cinema because I think it was backed by the South Korean government. Oh, really? Uh, the French government? I don't know. Some some strange arrangement. The, the film the film is the film is based on a French comic. Right. Yeah, it's based so. on a French comic, but I think it was backed by the South Korean government. Hmm. Um, but anyway, anyway, um, just a great movie all around. Great performances. I think I, I thought there were some plot weaknesses, um, or some or some things like um, towards the end where the the hitman comes back to life and shows up again, like some stuff like that. Um, there were some inconsistencies there. But overall, I, I think it had a, 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 it was a good movie. The, the message sort of got a little muddled towards the end. But, but yeah, it was, it was a great ride. 
the whole way through. And and I think that video game analogy is an apt one, mm-hmm. Greg. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because in terms of the layering that occurs with the right. film, because I mean it's so dangerous where um, you know, it could be so uninteresting, you know, and it, it it ends up keeping you guessing, and you do explore different layers of this society mm-hmm. that and how it could function. Yeah. Zach, your thoughts on the Snowpiercer? Uh, yeah, the. I really like the movie as well. Um, I think it it was cool as a, as a really strong metaphor. Um, I think it really holds up to to lengthy discussions and multiple viewings and things like that, which is a, a great thing to have in any type of movie, but especially in an action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, liked how it explored class in this really stylized, yeah. surreal way. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I think it's what what makes it interesting is how could only work coming from a foreign director. I, I don't know. If it's yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. If you didn't have Bong uh, uh, Jun Ho's um, perspective on it, I feel like that 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 outside looking in really works well for something that you would expect basically to be kind of a Western ideal of philosophy. It's very weird. Um, yeah. But any movie, I, I I have said this once, and I'll say it again. Any movie that exposes more of the world to Kang Ho Song and to the young girl. Oh, she was fantastic. Uh, so he, great, great. And, and to Ah Sung Ko, his, his, uh, Yona, his, his daughter. Mm-hmm. Both of them are, they, they need to break out. They need to be international stars because they really are some of the best that, uh, that Asia has presented. Song mm-hmm. Kang Ho, I'm pretty sure he's in every Korean movie. Ever. <laughs> he is. He is from like 1999 to now. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I um. I maybe I need to see it again. I I wasn't too crazy about it. Um. I thought it was a little clunky. Uh. I appreciated the metaphors, yep. but I thought that after a while they became a little too literal. Yeah. Um. But again. Hand. But it's been on, it you know, yeah, so, like Zach said, it's a little heavy handed at some point. Yeah, um, it's on Netflix and I, I definitely want to rewatch it because I want to get a second opinion of it. So I, I, I think we talked about that after watching the movie, mm-hmm. um, Troy. I, I forget the specifics, but I think it was when um, you finally do get to the boss of Ed Harris, <laughs> who's such a great actor and he has a great performance in the movie. But it, it's sort of I, I wanted more reasoning behind the train. Yeah, and the separation of the society. Yeah, yeah. and I felt was, like I wanted him to give me some Aaron Rand bullshit reason for this or something. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's I wanted to be the GOP. And I kept. I know that was a very political way to paint that, but I wanted, <laughs> I wanted a more um, robust stance from him. And I feel like you you see it, but you don't you don't crawl inside his head a little bit more. Yeah, I Someone think there's, there's definitely. Him. Sorry, my bad, Derek. No, it's okay. I keep talking over you. But for someone who's trying to pass the throne, you know, I wanted to get inside his head more. Yeah. No, I like, yeah, I think that was one thing that definitely got, I got hung up on a little bit is like there's a lot of loose sci- sci-fi logic. Yeah. Um, for the setup itself. And I spent so much of the movie thinking like uh, waiting for them to explain it. Right. And they kind of do, but they kind of don't. Right. And it kind of, it made it slightly unfulfilling. I actually had the same problem with Guardians actually, um, which is that like, I feel like, there's a lot of sci-fi elements and you know there's a grain grain of salt you like right. with the fantasy films like with the hobbit yeah. there's certain things they're not going to explain yeah. you well know? you want you want more exploration but what they end up doing is kind of setting up 
the world and maybe some of the ideas and then kind of going away from it, you know, breaking away from it with these, you, you you want, you, you, what you really want is, um, uh, a many chapter or a many novel version of this. You want like an episodic TV show version of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could. And you totally could. You totally could. You totally could. God, Jesus. Could you imagine like a, 12 issue miniseries just on each car. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, but going back to your point, Troy, about guardians of the galaxy, um, I think I already said this, but yeah, it's not guardians of the galaxy is not a good sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. It's a good superhero sci-fi film mm-hmm. and it's got that superhero sci-fi logic to it. Yeah. Um, all right guys, here we are. We're at number one. Uh, I think, uh, Da-da-da. Yeah, um, I think um, I just want to point out, like I mean, I, like I thought about this as we were talking. A lot of you might be going like, well, OK, you guys didn't see these movies. You guys didn't see these movies. Um, you guys didn't agree on some of these movies. You guys didn't agree on some of these movies. And that's why they're not in the top 10. I think that the key thing to take away from this is that the reason that this top 10 exists is for suggestions. And like I kind of feel like, you know, these are the movies that above anything else we kind of feel comfortable suggesting to other people. Right. Start starting the dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, we're not all going to agree. That'd be insane. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we can we can at least kind of like action to go go as a whole can like you know openly go. You should check these out. So um, with that understood, number one, the raid two, yes. and with its subtitle that I can't pronounce. Barandal. So, Barandal. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys. Uh, Derek and I, I just want to put this out. Derek and I saw the original The Raid um, in Georgetown. And uh, you would think that we were watching a professional wrestling match. (laughs) Because we jumped out of our seats at so many many occasions. (laughs) And I have to admit that this movie, this sequel, is like that times four. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's fucking insane. But I think it's, I think Troy at one point we were holding hands during the raid. We're so happy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean I think the raid too literally it, it won first place by blunt force trauma. <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate. Yeah. No, no other film this year came close mm-hmm. to the amount of action or even the quality yeah. of action. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these films are really the bears of the torch yeah. uh, for me. And this director, um, I, I still don't know enough about him, but man, what what a series of films from out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Now it's interesting because, like, I you know, I openly openly I'll state that, like, I I the one spot that I had to think, okay, what are we going to end this this list on? Like we got to end this list on something strong, and I wanted. I went through Edge of Tomorrow, and I went through Dawn of the Planet Apes, and I went through Winter Soldier, and I kept going back to the Raid Two, and like I was like, you know what? If this is going to be an action to go go list, it's got to stop at the Raid Two. It's got to. Um, it's it's so like when you when you bring up when you when you pitch the idea of mm-hmm. that we were going to do our favorite action movies of 2014, mm-hmm. I didn't even hesitate. The first thing that I thought of was the Raid 2. And that's not to say it doesn't have flaws and it doesn't have things I can be critical of. But the action is so fresh and unique, but so fucking brutal, like a shotgun blast to the face. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Literally. (laughs) 
yep, the, the 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 makeup effects, the action, um, the sound design. Um, yeah. If I thought like I didn't take my girlfriend to see this movie because I saw how visceral reaction she had to the first movie, and oh, when yeah. I when I got out of the second movie, I was like, she is never gonna want to watch this because it is it is horrifying for anybody who doesn't like blood. Just, mm-hmm. just stay a hundred feet away from the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I feel I actually feel confident about this because, like, I think last year I was saying, uh, yeah, the Evil Dead two. I'm sorry, that the Evil Dead remake was our was our number one, and I think that this falls in line with that. Like, I think that <laughs> like the Raid two is like the right mix of gory yeah. and like holy shit moments and you know just style. Yeah, you know just yeah. just 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 straight up style. Yeah. Um, Zach, your thoughts on the Raid two? Yeah, it's funny because it, uh, that uh, that's when you asked me to start talking because uh, it there's a point where it's style for style's sake, mm-hmm. but it totally fits the tone of the film. It does, yeah. And I think the one part where I really all of a sudden I was like, what what are they doing with this movie? It was when <laughs> Hammer Girl's sitting at the bar, she spins a coin, mm-hmm. and the camera just watched this coin spin for probably like thirty five seconds. <laughs> right, I have no idea why, and it, it just worked in the film. It was this, you know, this. Film is just too cool for school type of thing, <laughs> and it was a blast. I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't stop watching the action scenes from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanna, I'm gonna rewatch it. But well, one thing I can say to, to, to rain on everyone's parade. Um, going back to your video game analogy, Greg. You know, the first film was like a video game. Yeah. Absolutely. Literally, like every level had a different um, angle to it, uh-huh. and and the story was fairly tight that way. And the bad guy, I loved. Yeah. Um, I still remember that line of brr, sana, sana. I don't know what it means, but it's, it's great. Yeah. And, um, and the story was so good that they actually took that and turned it into Dread. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Another good movie from, was it 2012? That's, that's that same year, right? Yeah, that same year. Whatever but, it was, yeah. But you couldn't do that with the second one because this story was like all over the place. Well, they had to. I, I understand the urge and actually the need with any sort of sequel to open it up. Um, they had to take it out of the enclosure. They had to uh, yeah. not only blast open the the scenes and and the settings, but they had to blast open the story. Now, yeah. when I when I said earlier that it's not without its flaws, I think its biggest flaw is with that story. It's such mm-hmm. a fat story. It's fatty. It needed mm-hmm. to be cut down quite a bit, even with um, the all of the the characters and the gangster conspiracy and all the yeah. things that were were laid as the as the blueprint of this movie like I, I i can imagine that someone is criticizing that uh when does the action pick up when does my major when do my favorite action scenes start in this movie and the action scenes are are well done like you would expect they are staged where you would expect them but in between all of that fat between all that fat and gristle between the meat is is sometimes um, it's a little slow. It's a little slumpy. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting. I think I think there's two ways to do an action movie. Um, uh, without thinking about it too much, I don't want to commit myself to this. Uh, but like, um, uh, I think there's two ways to do an action movie. You can do a plot-driven action film where you are you are working the plot around the beats um, and uh, the action beats. Um, or you can just do a fucking like just wall to wall action film, um, but the key there is being sparing about what you're presenting. Sure. 
And I think that's the good thing about the raid too, is it knows it doesn't have a great story. It's an, it's in a very yeah. elaborate story, but like the right. stuff in between is very minimal. Um, at least I felt so. At least I, to be it seemed. Well, like you it. know, when when you do make that criticism that it doesn't have very much story, I think that that goes to um, that's th- that goes to to be its biggest its biggest uh, um, strike against it. Happens mm-hmm. to be that they take something that has a very minimal kind of uh, uh, drawn down story and kind of tries to beef it up by throwing new characters in there and even new plot developments that yeah. really don't serve anything okay if i was to say that they serve the plot of pushing the plot forward to get to the next action scene i guess you could argue that but the the story if you're going to see this movie for the story it's 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 probably more disappointing uh than the first one simply because of runtime simply because of much longer movie yeah 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 and that but i mean the story before oh i'm sorry zach you go ahead eric you, you you go Okay, well, I mean, the story before was so blood simple, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was literally get to the boss and kill him. That's what you want from an action movie, isn't it? Isn't it partly what you want from an action movie? I mean, yes and no. I think it really is about tone. Yeah. Like, I I really think that's the key thing. Like, you know, it's, I think it's the the key difference between Sabotage and Fury, actually. Right. Uh, Both from the same director, but Sabotage has a lot of plot. Yeah. And Fury just is kind of like, we get in the tank, we go kill Nazis. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, like, that's kind of it. <laughs> like, you know, and, like, it kind of progresses naturally. Right. And I think that, that maybe that's the distinction is, like, there's a there's kind of, like, a very mechanical plotting style that works. It can work. Um, um, and those are usually the more elaborate ones. Or there's a very casual um, uh, plotting style right. that is kind of, like, really just more along the lines of let's focus more on the characters and the action. Um, and I think that that the rate two does that. And actually, I mean, I mentioned earlier that I have that I had my top ten action movies, and then I had, you know, my top movies without that genre qualifier. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rate two is number two in my top action movies. Oh, really? What was number one for you? Uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay, yeah, which yeah. makes complete and total sense. <laughs> but does uh, the but does the rate two break into your regular top ten, Zach? It, it does, but movies like Snowpiercer and John Wick and Edge of Tomorrow, I, I think they're just more full films. Yeah. But Gareth Evans is full stop the best action director working right now. Agreed. Those action scenes are the best action scenes of the year, so it's a better action movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And how interesting is it that like at a, uh, you know, it used to be that we get our we would get our exceptional action directors from overseas. And, like, I think, like, uh, well, you know, I'm just thinking about, like, John Woo or Luke Besson, like, yeah. espe- especially during, like, the the late 90s. Yeah. Um, and now you have an American going over overseas to make the type of action movies that we used to make. Um, I at least he was a- Welsh, isn't he? Is he Welsh? I'm sorry. I'm I, 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 I totally talking to my bullshit on my ass on that one. <laughs> um, strange international conglomerate that's produced. Yeah, it's even films. weirder that way. What, what was he doing in... In uh, you know Malaysia or whatever. 
Well, uh, you know, the thing is that someone, uh, I was talking to a good friend of mine, and he was saying, well, well, isn't this weird that he's just appropriating the, the culture and, um, and, and uh, basically the genre of what Malaysia does well with their uh, martial arts movies and, mm-hmm. and trying to do his spin on it? And I was like, I, I think that it's wrong to consider it appropriation or any sort of uh, uh, stealing culture. I think that he has nothing but absolute admiration for Malaysian martial arts. Yeah, no, I mean, it shows. Like, it's not just a matter of, like, you know, let me copy this because it looks good. Exactly. Which I I could even accuse the Russos of on some level. Right. Um, But, like, yeah, with him, it's like, he's, like, in it. (laughs) You know, and, like, this is is what he wants to do. But the other thing about the raid, too, is, like, you know, like, there's, like, what, three good action scenes in the average action film that are done well. Right. Yeah. It might be a firefight type movie, a martial arts type movie, or a car chase type movie. Sabotage, I like because it had two in there, um, like a tank or a, no, the, the car chase and then the shootouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But The Raid 2 has everything. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I think it did have a tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great every, fire fights, great knife fights, great it bat ex- fights. It exhausts it's, every set piece. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it is an exhausting movie. It is. It is. <laughs> By the time that dude gets shot in the face with the shotgun at the end, I was like, "Man, I am done. I just need to to wrap myself up in a blanket and sleep." <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it it does almost uh, something similar to what I said about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, where it makes the previous movie, I wouldn't say irrelevant, but harder to watch because yeah. it doesn't reach those heights. Mm-hmm. The Raid Two is just. It's out there, and it does the same things that the raid does, just on such a bigger level. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, guys, that's it. That's, that's it. The, uh, that's the top ten. That's Action to Go-Go's official top ten. It took us two hours to get there. But we got <laughs> hey, and every minute was worth it. Yeah, guys, it was. guys, I'm going to take over hosting duties from Troy. I think Troy did a great job, by the way. Let's Thank give him a hand. Sir. Let's yes. give him a hand. The, those, those menagerie of kickassery years really helped you, buddy. I think they did. I like you. I you know we we joked, but I think they really did. Yeah, I think they did. Um, can we can we get a little plug action going on? Can we find out where people can find you online and and kind of where you where you write and maybe where you you post things? Derek, can I get it from you first? Oh yeah, you you got to go to actionagogo.com right now, and you got to enjoy our stuff. But yeah, I mean we're um, that's where you'll find me. And uh, we got a bunch of great writers doing great things. Looking at you, Troy. Looking at you, Zach. And um, just tell us what you think. Leave us some comments. Uh, tweet us. You can tweet us at, at ActionAgogo. Um, you can find us on Facebook. We got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just ActionAgogo wherever you want to look. And um, anything else in there, Troy, I'm missing? Uh, we have a Tumblr. Did you mention the Tumblr? Oh, yeah, Tumblr. Yeah. Um, we do have a Tumblr. However you find tumblers, yeah. go, go get it. <laughs> right on. Zach, what about you, buddy? Uh, mostly, yeah, I write stuff for uh, uh, Action of Go-Go under the pseudonym Zach Attack. Uh, very uh, original. Your last, name's uh, not, your last name's not Attack? <laughs> oh, oh, my. You didn't know that? Jeez. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm kidding. <laughs> it is my mother's maiden name, so that's why I went there. <laughs> um, and, you know, if, if you want, you can follow me on Twitter at doctor, as in like DR, the abbreviation, underscore Robotnik. 
Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like when, uh, when Urkel, what Urkel used to call Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> That's me. Right on. And Troy, the man, the yeah. myth. Um, I am, I have a webcomic uh, that uh, drops a new installment every Wednesday. It's called uh, BAM. It's about a bunch of high school kids uh, who are getting bullied. So they uh, enlist the fighting skills of a professional wrestler to teach them how to fight. Um, we haven't missed a week yet, although we are on Christmas Day. <laughs> but we announced that beforehand, so that doesn't count. Um, and you can check that out for free every Wednesday or whatever the hell you want to because it's on the internet um, at uh, BAMcomics.com. And I always have to correct people. It's BAM spelled like damn. So it's B-A-M-N-C-O-M-I-C-S.com. Right and, of course, I'm at Action to Go-Go. You're at Action to Go-Go, and, and are you on Twitter? And I am on Twitter, at Bam Comics. There you go. So there you go. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. I thought we had a very good conversation. It's always good uh, talking about pop culture and movies with you guys. I, I always appreciate it. Cool. No, thanks for having us, man. Thanks for doing this, Greg. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay, guys, have a good holiday. See you, dude. Thanks, buddy. Merry Christmas. Say what? <laughs> I think Merry Christmas. I think 12 people tried to talk at the same time. Merry Christmas to you, Troy. Listen, baby. Ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no river wide enough, baby. If you need me, call me, no matter where you are, no matter how far.